first rule of real movies with real men is you do talk about real movies with real men. So give us a like, share, and subscribe. Check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Grindr. Tell a friend! <laughs> hey! <laughs> my name I is watched, Andy. I watch this show because of Grindr. <laughs> my, my name is Andy with me as always. The boy nobody talks about, Muller. Well, I'm the Christmas Mullicorn. <laughs> so good at this. <laughs> These terrible song trails you do. <laughs> Joining us today, look at me. I'm an artist. I'm so much better than everyone else. Back for more, Dave. Dave the artist. I'm so happy to be here. It's fantastic. <laughs> you guys are wonderful in this there place. There you go. So arrogant. So typically we do these episodes and it's like, well, we record them two weeks in advance. So we just kind of act as if the when the recording date is the date that actually exists. Mm -hmm. But I know this episode's coming out on Boxing Day. So this today is actually Boxing Day. And that's the way that I'm going to talk about it. So the last two weeks, I've had to listen to the fucking 12 days of Christmas going on in grocery stores. Have you ever, is that, does that play at your work? Because I know that I know that you work, well, and I'm sure they have we, crappy Christmas music we, playing. It's just Christmas, various Christmas songs. So probably I, I'm really good at tuning it out, though. I, Before <laughs> you go on, though, uh, every every time we've had Richard on, I always tell a bit of an embarrassing story because I oh, like the yeah. guy, but I also secretly hate him, and I'm looking to destroy him. <laughs> He'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's also because I've known Richard for a very long time, so I have a billion stories. I haven't known Dave too long, and he's a pretty grounded guy, despite his smug artist arrogance. Mm. Um, but I finally have a good Dave story. <laughs> if I ever had a dollar for uh, every time I was described as smug and arrogant. <laughs> Would you have two dollars just now for me saying it? Yeah. <laughs> so the other day, we're all hanging out. You were there. Playing I was there. Dave was there. Yeah. This is the other day Dave the was there. Dave, well, Dave, obviously, Dave was there. Um, Playing uh, some Diablo or El Diablo. El Diablo. Maybe we should. I don't know why we think it's so funny to call Diablo El Diablo. Well, because it's such like. Diablo is the Spanish name for the devil, right? Right, right. Well, it's also like it's such this dark, brooding game. And when you think of like like maracas and people eating tacos, that is hilarious. Anyway. So we're all playing this game and. Unfortunately for the story, I don't remember the exact quote, but we're all we're all kind of poking fun at the game because the game kind of sucks. Like it's kind of a shitty fucking game. <laughs> uh, and Dave busts out some quote that none of us quite got. Like it kind of like you said this quote, and like it just kind of it just died in the air. And so I say to you, I say, what what are you, what are you on about? And fucking Dave. <laughs> looks around at all of us and says, you know, it's a quote from that scene in The Love Guru. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah, this was great. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> the Love Guru? What the fuck? <laughs> what? What <is> <laughs> You're quoting The Love Guru. Just pulling him out of my ass. <laughs> and it's like, the love guru. Who the fuck is quoting the love guru? <laughs> Do you remember the quote? You remember no, that? I, you remember that quote, I, right? From Mr. Dra- Rogers' dress-up room. I <laughs> wish I didn't, but like I completely erased. It's not it. my audience. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I'm just like the love guru. You like you mean that movie that nobody saw mm. that critically and financially bombed so hard, so hard that it basically destroyed Michael My- or Mike Myers' career. Like <laughs> if you look at his filmography, there's a steep drop off after there that is. movie. Nobody did watch that movie. I don't know how I remember to quote from it either. <laughs> but it, I love quoting. Mike Myers. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? <laughs> so the other thing is like about it, it's not just that you quoted it, it's how passively and flippantly you quoted it as if we would all understand, wow. like, you know, that scene from The Love Guru. No, I'm I really, don't know. I really want to know what I said, What now. are you talking about? Well, just go uh, look up the, the most popular Love Guru quotes. I'm sure it'll be in there. Oh, no, I remember it. Oh, great. I even said it right before we podcasted here. Okay. I, I don't know what it is yet still. I used to have a hat like that. And then my mom got a job. <laughs> what the? F- <laughs> I remember you saying that before, before this yeah. episode. I have told some very humiliating stories about Richard on this podcast. <laughs> this might be more embarrassing than all of them. More like your, your career, is, it's over, Dave. No one's going to hire you now. <laughs> I, ac- I accept this. <laughs> Um, it's, it's, call it a guilty pleasure. Before I, be, very guilty. <laughs> before I invited you to come and you know hang out with the crew like years ago or whatnot, I I would always talk about oh man my friend Dave the artist or whatever because it's like just a good way good distinguishing thing. And, it's my email. Yeah, and it's your your email too. And and I remember, pretentious bastard yeah. over there. So my sorry. creativity is limited. <laughs> David the artist. Yeah, this guy, this guy's a real real creative guy. Um. So, and all my, I remember our, our, our friend Bell would always be like, what is this guy? Like Bob Sacamano from Seinfeld? Like, ah, <laughs> yeah. oh, you know, my friend Bob, my, my friend Dave the artist, you never I, meet I was, the guy. I, the I was the faceless kind of <laughs> reference character. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you never, you never meet Bob Sacamano, right? Like he's just yeah. this invisible guy in Seinfeld. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, you are, you've, you've been a Bob Sacamano for a long time. That's awesome. Anyways, back, so to, back to the, the 12, 12 days, days of Christmas. I'm sh- I'm shopping at superstore or whatnot. I've you know I'm I got a million things to pick up, and I hear this fucking song come on, and it's and you know, yeah. so, you know everybody knows that little insanely irritating. They're all terrible. Uh, yeah, songs I, I think this no, but this is this is my case for why the Twelve Days of Christmas is quite possibly the worst of okay, all of them. I have them. a case for a different mm. Christmas song. Uh, continue okay. on. Yeah. Yours. So. So I start shopping, you know, I'm at the fruits and veggies section and, uh, you know, I kind of forget about what I'm doing, you know, move on to the cheeses, move on to the pastas, grab my sauces, doing the race you know, track, yeah. it's about 25 minutes later and then I hear, da 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 da, it's the same song, it's not even a re- repetition of the song, <laughs> the song is so fucking long, they repeat, it's just the same verse, there's no chorus, there's no bridge, the song just keeps repeating the exact same line over and over and over again and they're like, well how could we make this more interesting have you guys thought of numbers we could just have a second number and then a third number <laughs> all the way up to 12 goddamn numbers oh the 12th day of christmas is that how the song really goes there? that's how this so oh. how the song goes yeah if, if you don't know i mean i did not know that i assumed it would be <laughs> yeah it repeats it keeps repeating everything over and over again until it gets to one the first, yeah, it, the first oh. day of christmas. no no well it's it not quite. It starts with the first day of Christmas. And says, in the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me mm. a partridge in a pear tree. Mm-hmm. And then that's the end. And then it does, in the first, second day of Christmas, 
And then it says, and then the first day of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then it repeats again from three. And then it counts from the third day, of, yeah. from the second day, of, like from the first day. Of, bottles of beer it's on the exactly wall. like yeah. 99 bottles of beer on the wall, which is a yeah. game that you play when you're so bored out of your Pull mind. Pull my fingernails on a bu- out. Yeah, it's like, it's it, it's the type of, it's. Yeah. I was going to say, it's the type of joke if you're on the bus and you say, Pull my finger, and you think it's a hilarious joke because you're so bored because you're on the bus for three yeah, it's, hours. It's yeah. a song that you sing when either you're, when you're so, it's a combination of you're so bored and you have nothing else to do, but you're also too much of a coward. To kill yourself. I guess I'll say. Also, twelve days of Christmas. Is there twelve days of Christmas? Uh, yeah, it's something. Why it's, don't we celebrate twelve days of Christmas? That it's, sounds it's, way better. It's, people have jobs, Dave. It's a part. It's like a. I know, as a pretentious artist, you don't have to worry about. Just these a sort of social things. justice warrior. <laughs> it's 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 some sort of festive thing. Like uh, I don't know, you celebrate. Christmas or nativity nativity yeah. or something like it is an actual thing though like that is weird that we don't celebrate it though uh, and that song exists like, well what what it came from some all these all these Christmas songs do are you like remember years old do you remember the last time that you were in Superstore and you heard 99 bottles of beer on the wall playing from the radio all the way from 99 down to one well, there's no recorded version of 99 bottles of beer. yeah and there should be no maybe. recorded version yeah. of 12 I'm days of Christmas either because it's the exact same maybe, song maybe we should make a 99 bottles of beer on the wall <laughs> well, no I'm one's certain ever there is it. a recorded version of it like there's no way that there's not a recorded version of that I think it's right so I'm, but, I'm ready to look it up I have a but it gets a pass because it's Christmas. Mm. Fuck the twelve days of Christmas. The song. I don't. I don't have any I, I commentary have, on the. I have a couple that. thoughts on this. Uh, I don't know if I've told this story before, but uh, a, a couple like a while back, I was talking with my brother. But just how much I hate Christmas songs. Everyone hates Christmas songs. Terrible, dude. Um, I don't, don't hate Christmas. Don't songs. start dating. Because okay. women love Christmas songs. So they all love. No, but they Christmas. just love. They just love Christmas. The actual songs. Yeah, they like the songs too. They no, listen no, no, to them they don't on their actually they listen like to them the on their car stereos. Maybe man. you guys just a couple how much of do they Scrooge listen to McDucks? them outside of December? Well, that's not never. Why, no, no of course. Not. How much do they like the song then? <laughs> so. Well, yeah, but, but who's playing Halloween songs like all year round? The only song I'm playing all year round that's Halloween is Thriller, baby. <laughs> yeah, but no one's ta- no one talks about how much they love Halloween songs. There's, there's really no Halloween songs. It's the Monster that Mash. The I, that's the, yeah. yeah, but they're it's not even anyway. Anyway, so I was talking <laughs> Halloween about, uh, the movie. Soundtrack. And there, there are cra- there are crazy people that do Christmas all year all year round. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, anyway, but, but you're right. Talk, that is that's a valid point. Talking with my brother about Christmas songs being shitty, uh, and he was telling me that at his work at the time, for during the month of December, because I, I think I was saying that the thing I hate about the Christmas songs is like you end up hearing the same like how, you end up hearing jingle bells like once a day or twelve the twelve whatever mm-hmm. twelve days of Christmas. Well, you can only fit like, one oh, version of twelve days of Christmas in a twenty four hour period because that's how long it takes to get through <laughs> all the twelve he days. He told me that at his work at at the time that for the entire month of December they were just playing the same Mariah Carey Christmas album <laughs> oh on God, repeat yeah. all day. <laughs> And I was like, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Like, if I were you, I'd start like an underground fight club and, and, and head toward the goal of destruction of society. Transition. That's fucked, man. That's really fucked. That's really dark. Even for the internet, this is some pretty shady stuff. <laughs> well, to, to speak about gossip, too, like Mariah Carey's whole career like hinges on her singing that song every year now. The Christmas song? Like she, I think she waits for Christmas to make like her 300 grand or her and, oh, probably. Her like $3 she's, million. She's not a big thing anymore. She's, she's known, no. but she's And then not she spends popular, the rest of like, the year campaigning against Christmas. <laughs> just hibernating. <laughs> 
it so much. So the other thought I have on that is uh, there's this, that big, there's some big uh, sort of online crusade against that Christmas song right now. I don't even know what the deal is. It's oh, some, the baby, some real, it's like, cold outside. Some real yeah, rapey baby, song or something. It's, it's, it's hard. It's it's really not. But I haven't I haven't looked into it because I just hear this SJW stuff and I just don't know. I, I mean, just tune out. I'm like, whatever. They're complaining about something again. Mm-hmm. I haven't even bothered to talk about this this baby. It's cold outside thing because it's just it's even worse than wasn't there like a Starbucks muck cup yeah, Christmas it was like thing? A red and yeah, and it was, people it was would making it Christmas. I don't remember when so, it should be like, like like this is even lamer than that controversy. I don't know why so many people are talking about it. It is the most milk toast like watered down controversy. Well, what, it's like somebody yeah. just they just poured a bowl of cereal for some old baby boomer the raisin brand. So here's a controversy no, for you. It's, that it's, you can it's join the younger into. group. It's the SJWs who don't get that. No, it's that, like those, four those people lyrics. online who saw an opportunity to get some some clicks on well, them. But I, everybody's I, what contributing to this and it's yeah. the most non-traversy sure. I've ever seen. Okay, so uh, what, what I know about it is that the it's it's the words of the song meant something different back then and they're interpreting them different now. Yeah, I, yeah. So they're saying, "Oh, he puts something in the drink. It's but date can, rapey." And it's like, "No, no. She Yeah, knows. it's hilarious. She knows she's going to stay but out." But that's also you can't get mad at someone else for your interpretation of something. That's, exactly. That's insane. No, anyway, now you're getting in on the controversy. You guys are falling for this <laughs> mil- <laughs> this why, easy to con- criticize here's, controversy. Here's why up until now, like I've had just no thoughts. I didn't even look into it. I've had no thoughts on it. I hear about people wanting, "Oh, we we got to ban this song, this Christmas song because of these lyrics and whatever." And I think Good. This fucking undoubtedly <laughs> shitty Christmas song. Ban them all. They're all fucking terrible. Yeah, I might be able Who to get cares? in on this SJW thing. Yeah, yeah that means why, we can ban why, Christmas. Why stop songs. there? Let's go for Rudolph. Yeah, yeah, finally some crossover between me and these job lynch mob types that well, are yeah. bad stuff. Well, Rudolph finally. is an elitist. What does uh, Red character. Nose actually refer to anyway? It's racist somehow. Ban them all. What's a so, racist towards gingers? I, think my, I knew it. My contender for is now. the actual worst Christmas song, and it's not so much about the lyrics or repeating lyrics about it, it's just the obnoxiousness of it. It's, it's got to be Jingle Bells. Just the fucking Jingle chorus bells. to that song, it's like, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells. <laughs> it sounds like a bunch of fucking gremlins singing it, but not in a fun way, and like they're about to like... Because it's not staccato. But, <laughs> if, but if gremlins, da, 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 if gremlins da, da, did do it, you'd be on board. Yeah, if the gremlins were on... If they'd sung it the way that you just did, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells. That's how I fucking hear it every time. It's the most obnoxiously like paced feeling to it. It's <laughs> awful. It's because you can... Uh, it's because you can... It's you it's can for children. No, it's because you can do the sleigh bells. Like sleigh bells can't go very fast. So is that what it? Is? Uh, either way, I don't. Oh, I, I don't, don't care I, if I just l- made that. You got to play. You got to play it with maracas. <laughs> Diablo bells. <laughs> I think the reason that, by the way, this twelve days of Christmas. I think the reason why this is worse for me than for you, because like growing up in church, like, oh, they, yeah, they, they would sing that. that. So you're there. There's nothing else for you to do. You just have to wait. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. And and it's not just going to be one s- service or something because there's events and then people sing the song then and it's like they've and got the stage. Yeah, they're rehearsing yeah. the 12 days of Christmas. Yeah, listen, one, just go through the 12 days of Christmas once. That's a whole rehearsal. That's like three hours of rehearsing is just doing the song He's once. He's fully triggered. <laughs> yeah, I'm triggered, man. Andrew's <laughs> <laughs> triggered. I, I wish I, I was alive during the days, I think, with like the Dean Martins and... Uh, Oh shit! That other guy. Uh, well, you can still go and watch those even today. You can watch the movies, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, people really looked up to him. It was like wholesome family stuff. I'm a I'm traditional. But like what's that. about today? Like what's? 
Uh, now it's all like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Mar- Mariah Carey, like, 12 days of ooh. <laughs> no, but, but you can still go back to all those recordings. Like, it's not like people Dreaming back. <laughs> of a way. Yeah, it's a, I mean, that's, that's a not so bad Christmas song to yeah. me. How much of an uninspired fucking hack do you have to be to record a Christmas album? <laughs> David, Bo- David Bowie's got a Christmas song, and it's pretty good. His lowest but moment he, for but sure. But he died. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and now he's dead. Yeah. Even, lower than that, <laughs> even lower than that time he slept with a 13-year-old. <laughs> What's that now? <laughs> <laughs> that's another. That's another person I'm waiting. I've got. This I'm is just another controversy. But but you can go. So you're like talking <laughs> <laughs> a 13 year old. Just another What's SJW controversy. I don't actually give a fuck. But what, you're talking about going back to this time where you could listen to Dean Martin. It's like you can listen to Dean Martin right now. You've got more access. But it's not like back in the day. It's, it's not like back in the day. People were going to like talk to him live. Most of the people were still all, just listening to recording. I think it's just the the wholesomeness of it was a lot more like legit back then, and nowadays it's so commercialized, and that for me taints that. Is Dean it. Martin more commercialized now than he used to be? I think so. Was he selling albums? Yeah, was he was selling, he selling al- Christmas albums back then? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for that's sure. pretty commercialized. But I mean, like. <laughs> The whole culture's gotten <laughs> extremely commercialized. Now nobody plays music on TV like that without. Uh, okay, so you want to you want to delete yeah, but nobody the current watches, yeah. culture. Nobody watches, wanna, nobody watches TV anymore. I know. So. Boomers do. That's and they're the good. worst kind of people. Well, let's get to some movies. Let's get to some um, movies. This movie. week's most hated movie ever of the week. Is is Fight Club. Oh no! Oh, Fight Club. Uh, everybody knows what Fight Club is, right? It's I, I got. I can hear the audience. Pretty They're much, telling me they pretty know much it. everyone in the world has seen Fight Club What's, nowadays. What is Fight Club, guys? You, uh, you, uh, you can't. So, so sorry, we explaining the movie here. This is, sure, sure. Yeah, this is enough Tim and, Tim and Eric isms at the beginning of an intro. Right? Uh, <laughs> I was gonna make the joke about you can't talk about Fight Club, but I hate it when people make that it's, joke. Yeah, because it's awful. So then it's I so was tongue tied yeah. and couldn't. I, I asked my girlfriend yesterday if she knew about Fight Club and if she wanted to talk about it. She was like, "Yeah," and I was like, "You just broke the first rule." Oh great! Oh, now we got one of these fucktards on our show making these jokes. I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm just kidding. Talking about Dean Martin referencing the Love Guru <laughs> and not talking about Fight Club. Fuck! Kill me. Fine. Um, so Fight Club is this anti-commercialist kind of movie. It's a it's a movie where a bunch of guys, uh, you know, they're sick of modern day life and they start a club. And yeah. uh, and they all fight each other, and then they start uh, a club that taps into their primal urges. Yeah, and then they uh, and then they they're not allowed to talk about it, and then uh, at not the not really super relevant to the, <laughs> the plot. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but all right. And then uh, and then eventually it turns into kind of like this uh, it, almost a terrorist. It evolves group. into like a terrorist mm-hmm. group, you know, where they're like they're blowing up credit card buildings and stuff, you know, to stick it to the man. Yeah, I would say initially too, the club started as a means to get to know themselves better. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's absolutely... What do you know about yourself well, if, you Noah, if you haven't been in a fight before? Know a part of themselves. Yeah. So the problem with Fight Club is that there... It's not so much the problem, problem with the movie, but the way that this no, movie is No, because it's seen, a fantastic movie. Because it's, like, it's a great movie. Um, is 
I don't even know where to start with the culture so, on it. I guess we'll start so with I, middle school. I, I would say... <laughs> I'll go back to... my, my ex- I was born. My personal experience <laughs> watching this movie almost like uh, evolves over the years. When I first saw it, I was in grade nine. So however old you'd be then, like 14 like somewhere that. around there. I was 12. I was so pretty ahead young. of my God, how time. How old was I? You're going to consult your calendar? <laughs> I got <laughs> to go check my calendar. Do the math. Mid-teens. That's the important part. Uh, I remember seeing it then and... Like, I loved it, and, but I loved it, like, I definitely, thinking back, like, as my impression of it, my understanding of it, like, I just thought it was, like, this cool, edgy movie, and these guys say cool stuff, like, uh, these are the minutes of your life, and they're ticking away, or something, stuff like that, and, like... We're selling women's fat asses back yeah. to yeah, themselves. And, these like, are and the days of our lives. It's, like, super bloody, <laughs> and they're beating each other up and saying stuff. They're like, laughing at gangsters. And whatever, and it just seemed like, as a 14-year-old, like this cool, edgy movie. But that movie's definitely not meant to appeal to 14-year-olds. But then I kept rewatching it over the years because I really, like, really love the movie. Like, it works on that level. It's just like a cool, edgy movie Like if, if you're a teenager watching it. But then watching it like years later, uh, probably in my early 20s, it's like, yeah, wow, there's this whole like, uh, like message about the effects of consumerism has like, in, in, in lieu of a purpose in it your life. It is funny to think of a human being watching this and not getting that from the movie because it's so, it's so sure. heavy-handed. But, I mean, as a 14-year-old, 14-year-olds yeah, are not so good with like satire. Yeah, I thought it was, edgy and cool. But, so, the mm-hmm. funny thing is, like, this movie is, I would say, misunderstood. And, like, I've seen so many different misunderstandings of it over the years, and it's just insane, like, the level that people don't get it. And that's why I first started, that's why I started with the story about me being in grade nine and thinking, oh, this is cool edgy thing it's, I don't think it's crazy that as a teenager I would have like just completely missed the whole fucking point of the movie um, but then you hear about like there's all these news reports of uh, grown men actually going and starting fight clubs that yeah. like, mimicked it right around this right around this time it, and, w- it was a game changer I remember for people well it just seems like did, did you think that the fight clubs were just cool because the, the movie has a very like like the Fight Club group and Tyler Durden as a whole are the antagonists of the movie. Like they're very much like this is not a life you want to lead yeah, yourself toward. I, I was 15 when it came out, and I I kind of remember the feeling in some of those news reports. And I think it was like it was a missing piece for men, and they they definitely wanted to be like have that connection and that fighting that they definitely felt like to be more more recognized or badass or But it's manly. so weird like the fight the actual fight club in the movie was meant as like uh, when when these men don't have a self purpose or or mm. or uh, the ability to explore their masculinity they devolve into just beating the fuck out of each other and in trying to intentionally hit rock bottom. The Flight Club wasn't meant to be like, oh, now you can explore it. It's, it's like, <laughs> no, they're exploring it because it's just... Because society has no place for them. It pushed them yeah. down there. It's not, it's not an ideal to head toward beating the hell out of each other. And it's, yeah, <laughs> that it's, is it's really quite, interesting. It's yeah. quite gritty and gross. Like, they're, they're fighting each other. Like, guys are losing teeth and they're, like, smiling and they just look disgusting. The fights and violence and in this movie are very... They're not glorified. They're, no, no. <laughs> they're, they're definitely heavy. There's, like, I, a part I, where a guy's smashing the main character's jack, as, as people have come to call him, because he doesn't really have a name in the movie. 
uh, where he's smashing his face against the cement ground. It's like, man, you can fucking kill someone doing that. But you can like feel like the sound design and everything around the fights is really great. Like they yeah, it, feel terrible. It makes you it makes your stomach kind of flip a little bit because it's it's just a it's a lot. I would say my experience too was like when it came out for me, it was always about the aesthetic, like the intensity of the scene. Oh sure. The acting, the kind of like the twists and, and yeah, going against like the norms of society. Like when he totally breaks out of his job and and goes and lives in this gritty like environment and does these does it. these things that goes against the grain, like going toward violence yeah. rather than like protecting yourself. Like all that is what stick, uh, stuck I with me growing up. I find it very funny that as a 14 year old, I saw it as this cool and edgy thing mm-hmm. and that there was also a bunch of like 30 year old dudes being like, it, it is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, they got the same. Uh, that's not what you were supposed to get out of <laughs> I think there's still like that. My argument earlier was that this is what, uh, when we were talking earlier was that it's like, the UFC stuff. I think those became a lot more popular after that. I don't think, think that those are the same popular, thing at all. Are you saying that it became popular because of? I think like so. UFC? I think it became more organized and more professional, and they they realized that just fighting you, each other in, in like underground basements is not like. I think this is one of the most insane misunderstandings <laughs> of the UFC ever. I'm not a big sports guy at all. I I very I would say very casually watch the UFC. Only like when my buddy has he's mm. like, hey, there's a, some main event you want to come over. Conor McGregor is going to fight a guy. Get yeah. pissed off. His fights are entertaining. Um, the problem with that logic that you're saying that that they're like the reason that the that the Fight Club, the appeal of the Fight Club, is so completely different from the appeal of the UFC. Like, there's a whole competitive edge in trying to be like peak yeah. fi- peak physically no, no. human, and actually like a way that uh, Joe Rogan always describes it on his podcast that the Reddit group always makes fun of him for. He says it's like. High-level problem-solving with dire consequences. That's how he describes the UFC. Because you're just you're you're sparring right, with another person. People always make fun of him for it, but it is there's, mm-hmm. there's some truth to it. What are you I, trying I to make sports? My correlating smart so idea is is just, very basic. It's, it's like just the fighting, but then, yeah. but there's just a, stand behind it, Dave. Don't <laughs> pussy out. No, no. What I, my literal point is that like people got exposed to fighting, and so now they're like open to it. Oh, okay, yeah. But so, I I think the context is so important. It's like because it's like what well what's appealing about the fighting and fight club mm-hmm. and then what's what do people what do like competitors find appealing about in the UFC yeah. and it's completely different fight club, fight is, club is, about, is about embracing rock bottom yeah. whereas UFC is about trying to be like peak human which is so true it's complete polar opposite yeah. so um, I think I think it's good to maybe just set like a bit more context on this story so the, so Jack this main character is the narrator he's Edward Norton in the movie yeah um he basically the first act of the movie is him just talking about how terrible his life is. He like has insomnia. He he says he spends all his time just in IKEA magazines ordering yeah. this perfect life for himself. He's got this you know this perfect little apartment and these perfect little IKEA desks that look like they're worn out just a little bit so that's just the right aesthetic. Yeah, he's to trying fit his to life. find his identity through like just really empty purchases. Yeah, yeah, and he he works this corporate job that he that he hates and he has got a really terrible boss and he's basically like his it's not whole, even that he has a terrible boss. It's just like a real just by the numbers office. Yeah, yeah. yeah I guess it's, he's it's not. It's a very dry. Just life, he's not getting anything from it. Yeah, yeah he he what, positive he, or even really negative. His he's just job, getting nothing. His job is to like try to invalidate people's insurance claims when they get <laughs> yeah. killed yeah. because of the cars they're selling. So like he's really, he's, really, you could say he's not really living that great. He's really life. got a soul sucking life, yeah, yeah. and and most of it's defined by like his involvement in capitalism. Like it's like you know it's all about like it's he's, he's doing. Like, He's a consumer, and they yeah, say it. He's outright. doing all these things that you're supposed to do, but they're kind of empty. In the other they're day. really empty. Yeah. There's also like a whole exploration of that 
like modern life, like office life, like, like what we just described. It's like life has got so comfortable that people, there's not really a great outlet for men to explore masculinity. Like there's no, like mm. most men aren't going out and hunting like something like that or, or, or really fighting for anything. It's just now it's like you're, you're just working and then you work to buy things and that, that can be a really empty life. So you, it's like, you could it, even say it's, it's not necessarily like, sure. It's not. Yes. Really, <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's not necessarily like anti-capitalist, but it's like, anti-consumerism as like a life philosophy. Yeah, for so. sure. Yeah, and there's there's, this, a dis- there's a there's a difficult distinction, I think. Like emasculation is definitely one of the big the huge themes in this yes. movie. So so he he's this insomniac, he doesn't sleep for days and then um you know, he he discovers these like support groups yeah. where uh, it's like you know all these guys. He's got people who've got te- the the first big support group is this testicular cancer group. So it's all these guys who've literally had been castrated, literally emasculated, like literally emasculated. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and and he he just finds some sort of release by being around these men who are like all crying, but they're all just again like all of them are just the most. They're like every scene with them. There's just a group of men. There's like twenty men. Each one of them is hugging another man and crying. crying. The one guy's like, life my, yeah. my wife had a child with another with, with her new husband. <laughs> hey, yeah, because yeah. I couldn't. Because I it's don't super have any emasculating. Balls. Yeah, it's it's very depressing. And, and he's finding comfort in this place. Yes. Yeah, he's finding comfort in seeing how much worse other people are. But it's really his life. He, in his own emasculated life. He's hanging out with these dudes. Sure. Yeah. And then he kind of he ends up getting introduced to this Tyler Durden guy who's Brad Pitt in the movie who start who they start the fight club together. They 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 start fighting and it's supposed to be like it's initially supposed to seem like okay, this is kind of this way where we've escaped the rules of a consumerist life. Yeah. We're throwing, you know, even when you're in the ring, no ties, no shoes, no socks, whatever. It's just you and another man with basically underwear on and and you you know, you're you're stripped down of all your possessions and you're you know, you're you're able to escape the the this uh, this segmented, you know, by by the yeah, by the numbers life, the humdrum and, and, life, know, and 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 you actually can engage in something because when you're fighting someone, you do not think about other things. Like you are fully engaged instead of just being constantly distracted by television and whatever else. I Your mean, bills. So, I mean, this movie's just getting more and more relevant every day. <laughs> yeah, the thing about, like, this movie's very complex. Like, there's a lot of different things uh, going on. Yeah. I, can, I can see someone making some point about a lot of, like, a lot of the capitalist ideas uh, presented in this movie and, like, the consumerist ideas. And there's, like, a whole, like, uh, the masculinity uh, ideas. And, like, the, the, there's a lot ideas. going on. There's a lot <laughs> they, going they on. They definitely the poke at a lot of those, yeah. So it's very complex. There's a lot of things to address that I'm sure we won't, hopefully yeah. won't get into. So, so yeah, eventually this, this fight club turns into kind of, like, this organized group where they're like, okay, well, we've escaped this consumerist culture. Now let's kind of destroy it. You know, we're going to blow up some credit card buildings. We're going to deface co- corporate art Well, I think it starts as, like them just embracing like because they don't feel they have any self-purpose like em- just embracing their primalistic urges and just following that sense of purpose and, and then and that ev- and that evolves into well let's just like we're we're actually getting something from this like mm. this pri- like just adopting this primal thing so let's take it further and just let's, let's destroy everything well and you could say yeah like men bonding together and what that gives a person and you, sure. and also i think the side story of him and what's her name, Marla. Uh, Marla, that that she comes around when when he starts going to these uh, groups, right? And yeah. they're competing to like 
split him up. And yeah, at the at the, at the support groups, he you know he's he's obviously he's the, he doesn't have any of these addictions and he doesn't have testicular cancer. And then he sees someone else who's faking shows up too, and he's super pissed because all oh, these are my support groups. You know, I need to well because he's trying to really get into the character of like all these people with like testicular cancer or tuberculosis or or whatever, and so he can fit in. So he can yeah, so he can get something from them, and then she's she's also there just. I have no idea what she's getting out of it. She's just sick and <laughs> like a sick fuck and just gets enjoyment out of it. <laughs> she does. But seem he to be finds like it, that, he finds yeah. it hard to pretend and, and get into the character of all these other people when when he knows someone else is there kind of just doing the same yeah. similar thing. So he They're, can't fake it. So he can't, I, I, she's like reminding him of him being a faker, basically. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, simple as that. I was just me. thinking, like, what what is he getting it from it or getting from it? And it seems like he, seemed, well, he, says he gets he can to sleep. feel like a bit like a victim because right. then he can feel a bit more justified in his own, well, his that, own like shit right, experience. Right. Well, I think it's also that he, he like in his his own life like he doesn't he doesn't really feel much of anything and at least when he goes to these things of, like, oh, yeah. people, people who have hit rock bottom he's finally feeling he's, well, getting, he's getting to cry and he, he said he can't cry well, without like being in that scenario. I think that you're talking about actually you're onto something there too Dave where it's like well because he I mean the guy has a relatively successful life. He has yep. a good career and he's got money. He's a white dude, so of course he's better off. He's, he's very he's, privileged. He's done, very privileged. He's kind of done everything he's been told to lead a successful right. life. But he's, but he's still suffering a lot. And it's yes. like, okay, so you go to these support groups, all these people have legitimate sufferings that you're, yeah. that there's a support group. There's not a lot of support groups for, you know, just white sadness. men who have lots of money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, who just don't have like, Happiness. So I think it gives him some validation to kind of be in, be included on that, and and that's kind of like and, and he's getting support thing. from it, which is, is yeah. well, he specifically points out that he can sleep if he goes to them, mm. and he can't sleep otherwise. He has insomnia, but he says if he goes to the meetings, I can sleep those nights. And one of the trippiest scenes I think is where he finds his happy place during this. Like he goes to this happy place in his head, and there's like a penguin there. Oh uh, yeah, like the I, when I, when I saw that, I was like, this is. <laughs> I it's such a funky that. thing to have in a movie like this, like this kind of surreal moment. This movie, uh, you know, just talk about David Fincher for a moment. He's the director of this movie. It, it becomes really apparent watching it now and knowing David Fincher's history, uh, like why some of the imagery some is Some other there. movies David Fincher has directed, such as Seven, Gone Girl, uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the American version. Curious Z- Case of Benjamin Button. Zodiac. Wow. Social Network. He might be one of my favorite directors then. <laughs> I like all those perfect. movies. But uh. so before he started making movies, he he directed music videos. Oh. And so you can kind of like, and I think with for like a lot of electronic artists, I, haven't, I don't follow that too closely, but... You can kind of tell, like, a lot of his, like, montages and scenes like that have a real, like, almost music video sort of, like, a dark electronic music video aesthetic to them. So you start to see his influences. Yeah, well, when I first got into video editing, it was like, yeah, you want to edit to music. So him coming from that background would make him automatically, I would think, a better director. Hmm. But I remember also when I was younger, one of the one of the notable things about Fight Club is the music. It is, like, that soundtrack, like, the Pixies and and those kind of moments that are heaviest in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the most memorable. Like, when I think of the Pixies like that, I think of Fight Club. You think of that ending scene? In, yeah, that when the and that was that, that time in my life where it was, it was a bit angsty, and you thought, you thought yeah. pretty happy about all that Tyler stuff. doing so cool. Yeah. <laughs> he looks so cool in this movie because, like, Brad Pitt looks the coolest in this movie. <laughs> well, he is supposed to be, like, this hyper-masculine Alter representation, right? supposed to meant to be, like, the ultimate... Alpha male. Yeah. So, so basically, at the the you know they make this plan to blow up all these buildings, and Jack is like, "Oh, whoa, man, I don't want to murder people or anything. Like, I just I just want to kind of 
make my life a little bit better. And then he basically learns that this 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 Brad Pitt Tyler Durden character that he you know he's become friends with and they and you know he's kind of this guy he really reveres right he's like oh man he can do all these things that I can't do you know he's super manly he's he had he came up yeah. with the idea for Fight Club turns out that they're the same person in the whole movie and which you know I'm sure everyone knows which everyone know, if you've seen the movie you would remember that because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's it's like the sixth sense and everyone's uh, you know spoiler alert for uh, a minute ago uh, yeah Bruce uh, um, Bruce Willis is a ghost it is fascinating because uh, when I saw that <laughs> it's, this when I first saw this movie, it had been out for quite a while, and I'm I'm shocked that I would I saw it not knowing about that twist, like oh, at, at all. And I was like, it blew my fucking mind watching it. I will say, like, <laughs> I'm happy that I was able to go through that because yeah, now it is like I don't think you yeah, it's like the Sixth Sense. Like who doesn't yeah. know? Even a lot of a lot of movies. I've never seen the Sixth Sense. I know all about it though. Like I know everything that happens in it. Yeah, it's, that's a good one. I would say it's pretty. Good. So so they set up this they set up this idea that you know this. He basically was stuck in such a mundane and nihilistic empty life, life, empty, empty life with no meaning. That he, the only way he could get out of it was he basically invented this alter ego who can do all the things that he wishes he could do, but he, but yeah, he can't. And he that's basically sees it how as he a different person, but he's really just yeah. enacting it. I think they hint at it like it, it's happening while he's he still has insomnia almost, and he just. While he's like asleep, I'm doing finger quotes. He's actually doing a lot of Tyler. Yeah, stuff, well, they say like, they say earlier on he's. Well, it's funny. I was talking to my mom about this, who is you know not the type of person to you know be looking into like all this sort of themes. But she, the one point that she made to me, she's like, because my mom has a lot of insomnia. She's like, okay. oh man, like their description of insomnia in that movie is the best I've ever oh, seen. Yeah. You know, mm. and, he, and he talks about he says when you have insomnia, you're never asleep and you're never awake or whatever. And he's sitting there watching this infomercial or whatever, just yeah. kind of getting again, kind of getting. Well, it is an interesting idea because if you. You have insomnia. You're awake long enough. You start to dream in your waking state. Well, yeah, you, definitely you, can start, you can definitely start to hallucinate from mm -hmm. doing that. Yeah, yeah. So apparently, that's a really good description. Um, so I mean, you, so you have these really heavy themes of like this anti-consumerist stuff. You have this stuff where it's like, okay, men are emasculated, and and if you curb that too much, like if you try if you try to emasculate men too much, you know, things will come. They, they'll they'll bury themselves down and then and explode on the right as a. Uh, you know, like as, as some violent terrorist group in this in this case, but it's yes. like, but people will like you can't just suppress that indefinitely. Is well, that so, sounds like, quite true. The characters, <laughs> the main character's whole arc, uh, it seems that like he embraces this rock bottom, this like completely nihilistic, like let's destroy ourselves and destroy society. Uh, but before that, like before, kind of I guess, but before the movie really begins, he's also just embraced this like really empty, like just by just very ordered by the by the book sort of lifestyle. And his arc is that he actually kind of eventually finds the middle ground because he realizes that like the destruction of society is not healthy and not what he wants. Like it's never never what he was out to gain, and that's what that's the life that he was heading toward. Mm. So it's about finding that balance. I mean, that's the first thing that people I find that people really get. Other than the your middle school interpretation is that it's just a cool movie with people fighting. You yeah. know, the next level of analysis that I hear, the next wrong level of analysis is like, oh yeah, fuck the man, Tyler Durden's yeah. this cool guy who who's out to screw people, you know, screw up the man and whatnot. And it's like, no, you idiot. Halfway through the no. movie, it's clear that he's the villain here and he's, like, taken it too far. And, mm. Like, after, once you come to that realize, wa realization watching it, if you watch it again, you realize it's very apparent throughout the very beginning. But I just think that David Fincher, the director, did a very good job of making him s seem appealing to the audience as well as the main character, even though what he is promoting is very... 
very negative. Yeah, and you think he's the, the protagonist for a lot of the movie, but because of the way that they frame things and just the way he shoots them. Remember, I, I mean, earlier I was like, oh, he has this crappy boss, and you you quickly reminded me he's like he's actually not that bad of a no, boss. He's, like he's just telling him to do his job and no, he whatnot. just looks like an but, asshole. Yeah, but he looks like like yeah. the way that David Fincher frames everybody in this is like you know he really makes you feel. David Fincher is what you would call a very competent director. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. That's that's one of the first things that I start to see people like. It's like okay, f it's this journey about this guy who defeats this stuff, and then the last half of the movie they just kind of keep going. It's like no, no, no. It's like it's more like a skateboard half pipe where you know yeah. on the left he comes down and defeats it, but then they come back up to having just mm -hmm. as equal of a problem on the other side by the end yeah. of it. It's like you know Tyler Durden ends up becoming not a very good guy. So I mean, yeah, like the thing you you created to escape that was heroic, like a good thing, ends up being the thing that you have yeah, to defeat. Yeah, you have to defeat that thing as well. Because now it's a problem because it's out there running amok. Yeah, totally. It's called, so, called an arc. Yeah, it's called, it's called a story though I, arc. Though I do like your definition of a skateboard ramp. We yeah. Should, we, should, we should adopt that. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, it's called a skateboard, You guys ever guys? read that book, uh, Hero with the ten, a Thousand Faces? It's about the hero's skateboard ramp. <laughs> <laughs> uh, How to write stories. You get a skateboard. Get a, you build get a skateboard. A, you build a ramp. <laughs> well, so... Wait, uh, um, so I just, basically he, the idea is that he has this nihilistic life and Tyler Durden is this person who gives him meaning. But yeah. by the end of it, Tyler Durden is this ultimate symbol of nihilism. Like he's, yes. he's, he's almost worse because there's no order to it and he just wants to, like there's nothing functional that is comes it, out of what he's you doing. You guys probably know, is it anarchy? Like is yeah, that what it becomes, very anarchist? I, I think it's not the quite. It's kind of towards that because <laughs> like there's, there's a whole sect of anarchy that's just anti-government and not necessarily yeah. like a philosophically or existentially nihilist sense. Like you don't necessarily have to be a nihilist. But he to changes, be like Tyler, the Tyler Durden like manifestation changes he goes from like cool cool guy haircut to like crazy guy head shaved you know what i mean like really out there terrorist kind of looking dude well because in a sense like the tyler durden persona has an arc or a skateboard ramp as well <laughs> um and it, it's more I've like as, it's more, it's easier it's, to envision the it's skateboard more, ramp. it's more like as jack the main <laughs> character kind of catches up to where Tyler Durden is, mm -hmm. Tyler Durden's further more. Like, he's further toward the nihilist thing. So now it's like, well, let's, you know, let's ditch all our, you know, our, our ties and fancy stuff. Let's just live in this shitty house. And then so he catches up to that. He lives mm -hmm. in the but shitty now, house and ditches his stuff while his apartment gets blown but up. But now <laughs> Tyler Durden's, like, organizing different fight clubs and cities and stuff like that. So, but then he catches up to that as he embraces fight club more. And then it's like, Tyler Durden's always, like, one step yeah. more and you can't just keep than, going well, in and, one and direction. As like it becomes more... Well, eventually it does, and it gets to the point of eventually just like, you're at the other side of the skateboard ramp, you're doing a, a mick, kick flip mix and the, twist, and the wheels your, come off. Yeah, you're way too high. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're looking for your mom because you know you're gonna get hurt. You fly too hard to the sun, your trucks melt. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so I think I think the head shave actually it has a lot to do with like how it becomes more military uh, kind of styled, like the group. Well, it's like he's trying. He's like all these guys are. All these guys that eventually join Fight Club, which evolves into a terror, terrorist group called Project Mayhem. It's like they're shaving their heads. It's it's symbolic of them losing their idea, like ditching their identity and mm -hmm. just 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 becoming part of this movement to destroy. Except for everything. they just they ditch their their uh, unified uh, identity with s s like society and you know following all these rules, and then they just have a new uniform, which is shaved heads, like with with this cult. Exactly. <laughs> okay, basically, ah, oh, you guys remember that 
cool skateboarder, uh, Icarus McTurnquist. He flew to <laughs> close to the sun um, and skateboard. So one of, melted. The, one of the that's what happens when you ride a skateboard made of wax. <laughs> one of the most. Uh, <laughs> that's such a dumb idea. <laughs> one of the most, I I think, fascinating misunderstandings uh, of this movie or misinterpretations, and it's very recent, and it's, it's really tapping into what we're talking about. Like, I just mentioned how the character's arc or skateboard ramp, uh, he starts uh, leading, like, this really empty by-the-book by the sort of lifestyle, very ordered, uh, and then he goes toward a very chaotic lifestyle, very nihilistic, self-destruction, destruction of the world, whatever, and then by the end, he finds a middle ground. And so a very, like, just amazing, amazing, recent, very recent interpretation of this movie that I read uh, recently. And I have to be careful here because I'm going to try, try to make this podcast episode not just devolve into another Jordan Peterson conversation. <laughs> so I'm going to try my best not to go too deep into Peterson-y sort lot, of stuff. A lot of lobster talk. But I read an article. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't bring it upon myself to read the full thing because it was dreadful. It was painful reading how, like, Tyler Durden appeals to just palpably absurd. <laughs> Tyler Durden <laughs> appeals to the same same uh, sense of, of of destruction that that Jordan B Jordan B Peterson appeals to. It's like what you have a a you have a complete misunderstanding of fight, I guess a bit of an understanding of what Fight Club, but like a complete misunderstanding of Jordan Peterson. Like his whole thing is about finding that balance in the middle. Well, his whole and, thing is about fighting nihilism and well, not and yeah. not digressing into nihilism exactly. And Tyler, also, Tyler Durden is like the personification of nihilism. <laughs> it's it was such a well. Remember, they're just like, tapping into similar appeals. Yeah, it's not people, that people do really misunderstand Jordan Peterson. His whole maybe <laughs> again no, we're trying. Not I know, to I know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm just. I'm gonna elaborate. I'm that, already that biting my tongue. His, <laughs> what he connects to it, maybe what they're drawing the the similarity to, is like his appeal to young men. That's his a huge sure, appeal. But is young well, men. that's be, yeah, that, yeah, it, yeah. They have the same appeal because young men are very susceptible to nihilism. <laughs> that's exactly yeah. yes. <laughs> And Jordan's trying to curb it. Yeah, it's like I mean, like where it, Tyler it's like is their not. interpretation was that just appealing to men at all was which, negative. Which and is. Tyler Durden appeals to men, so does Jordan Peterson. <laughs> what are you talking about? There's such polar Why did you opposites. even write an article about this obvious Just yes. insane. So, it was a lot. I, I maybe would have read it all because it's such a fat, like, like, wow, you really missed the point. Yeah. But it was so long. I was like, I can't read all of this. This is this is madness. Naked women appeal to young men too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Naked yeah. women are just like Jordan Peterson. Bad women. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'll talk to you about what I see as kind of one of the most common mistakes that I have mm -hmm. noticed. Uh, after these messages, we will get into there's a little little teaser oh to uh, you know get you get you interested and what's happening. So, uh, all right, here, let's, uh, let's get the Thank yeah, you for explaining teaser as yes. after you said teaser. Are you tired of using spoons? Spoons are make them a thing of the past uh, with, with wheat chunks. The chunks of wheat, you get, you get three of them. They come in a, they come in small, there's a small package. They're three, five inch long, three inches deep. You, you, you put them in a bowl, you put some milk on them, uh, uh, bowls are a thing of the past. They're, they're old now. Put, get the milk into the wheat chunk. You can, you can suck it. Put it, put it on your, your lips and your teeth. Just suck it. Suck the milk out if you want to. Use, there's other liquids too. Use it a liquid that you like. 
Do you like soy? Use use it. Freeze it? You freeze it? You suck it on later. Suck it at night. If it's a hot day, you put it in your mouth. It's wheat. It's made of wheat. It's made of other things too, but mostly wheat. We're having a Boxing Day sale this, this Boxing Day. Getting, uh, they're in the back under the fire logs. They're not very good. Wow, thanks, Wheat that, Chunks. Thanks, Wheat Chunks, for that pre-recorded uh, advertisement <laughs> for us to uh, to bring in. Uh, thanks for the money, too, here. So, <laughs> I love our sponsors, you know. Very coherent sponsors, mm-hmm. usually. Uh, uh, that was a good sponsor. I was surprised. Yeah, I was surprised. Do you guys get a lot of money from them? Yeah, it's quite a bit. Um, Do I get some of that? Mm-hmm. No, you're not us. I should, we should talk about this. After. Um, I do like the idea of this. Uh, you know, like I like mini wheats, but it is a lot better to just have one big chunk of of, of one wheat. One gigantic one. You don't even. Yeah, I heard. It's I heard. Pretty innovative. I heard you don't even need a bowl in that ad. I heard it's like you just, you just pour the milk right into the wheat and it just soaks it up, just like a sponge. You just you just walk around eating it like it's a burrito. You put them in your pocket, I guess. <laughs> you just got this big. Piece of wheat, pocket wheats. Yeah, it's man. probably uh, we should suggest that to, we them, to develop them. as a new product. They could also make small ones, very like uh, mm. that are mini. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> mini wheats. Uh, yeah, they might name it. <laughs> so one, so once you get up to the next level of analysis, you know, beyond the the dumbest of the dumb ones that we've talked about. Um, I noticed that people will talk about this movie as it's entirely like an anti-consumerist movie. Yeah, so I remember talk- feeling that way, like maybe late teens. That yeah, had that so message. people talk about it like it's just this consumerist message, or they talk about it like it's just this gender message. Yeah, and it's like, and it's not like yeah. I, I notice people they'll slant towards one. So definitely in modern day, people I, I'm seeing a lot. I watched this video this morning. It was like on you know the toxic masculinity and and Fight Club and it was uh, what it was, is toxic masculinity? Is it just all masculinity well, you, is toxic? No, I can actually describe it this. It depends I just, on who's talking. I just about I know it. that's different. why I'm asking because it's so well. Such a I just off. so I watched this video on it and the guy's talking about. It, he's like he literally says it's not all the things that are masculine. It's just the toxic ones. Yeah. So you know things like. But he wasn't really able to describe any of the regular masculine traits. It was like yeah. things like duty and honor and like respect. How about know, this? Like can, things like can Boy women, Scouts. Can women be toxic or toxic masculine? Well, apparently they can if they portray those traits. Well, so anyways, they're talking about well, toxic masculinity is this idea that if you don't have any testicles, you're less of a man, or um, you know, it's this idea that you have to you know really strictly adhere to being a muscular man, and uh, and you know if you're like a really feminist, you know if you don't get into fights or like you're not willing to fight somebody or you're not willing to protect your family if someone attacks uh-huh. your family, then you're not a man. And I'm like, yeah, you know. Uh, if you're not willing to protect your family, <laughs> then you then you might not be as much of a man as someone who will. So like, yeah. I mean, so and then they start talking about it. it's like, oh well, toxic masculinity is like men raping people and expecting them to have sex with them, and it's like, mm, it's pretty toxic. Yeah, that that doesn't sound very good. I, I don't know if that's masculinity. Yeah, that yeah, just sounds like a rapist. I, <laughs> Why does it have to be? Like, I, that's exactly what I was. What, what's Because tox- the, ma- the majority of rapes are committed by men. Yeah, that but, is but true. What, but what's toxic femininity? 
I mean, just it's being a huge contact. Yeah. <laughs> being a bitch. <laughs> uh, I would say that toxic femininity is making articles or videos about toxic masculinity. Maybe selling makeup. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, well, yeah, or like you have to be. You're not pretty you have, enough. Yeah, you know, I, I, you always have to look a certain way or something like that, or I don't know. I just, I just don't understand what these people. Uh, think of the, like how they think the world works like how they think people in the world works that like oh masculinity is just this idea it's this it's this it's just this social idea that the people are falling into like be a man it's like well it's not just this social idea it's definitely something ingrained in us there's a reason why like 90 fucking five or something like, like mid 90s high 90 percent of the prison population is male like there's a reason but like we're more aggressive there's definitely more well of a no man up like you're just socialized to be more aggressive yeah, that's that's insane yeah what, what, what <laughs> i their depiction of how the world works and how people work is so cartoonish it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's imaginary. A fucking, it's a Looney it Tunes understanding of how the world works. It, it's imaginary. It's not based on actual data. I, I've heard it put this way that men, the reason for a lot of the, the prison sentences be like that or the risen popu- prison population be like that is that men, uh, they're bigger, they're stronger. So the way that they like solve their, like deal with their anger is through physicality. Well, they're more aggressive. That's why yeah. it's happening. They're more disagreeable. Where, with, women, with women, it's actually through uh, more mental things where like the way they speak the way they like play mental games like that's actually yeah, you don't data go to, that proves you don't this. go to jail for robbing someone of their manhood with alimony so. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah well, you can so, it's just exceedingly rare yeah it's like it's there to me it just seems it's like okay there's just hot there's just really shitty behavior and then there's not and like yeah i don't like like have you experienced people being like just just man up and don't talk no, about not, your feelings. Not in a way that's serious. Yeah. Like, like if I'm making fun of you for not eating spicy, for not being able to eat spicy food. Or whatever, oh, it's toxic uh, masculinity. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm being socially, uh, ter- uh, you know, you're putting all the pressure on me. And yeah. I'm yeah. socialized into being ashamed of myself. When in reality, I couldn't fucking care less how much hot sauce you're, <laughs> you're drinking. Like, I don't yeah. care. Or how it's spicy just, mayonnaise is. Mayonnaise is. It's yeah, just me. We don't care. Yeah, we have a lot of toxic masculinity when we talked about peeing, standing up, or sitting down, you mm-hmm. know. Oh, they're just socializing me, and I'm just going to convert. Like, see, this is, mm. this is to me, this is what I see as being a man, is don't be such a goddamn pussy that your friends can't make fun of you about something, and you just, you just collapse under the, pr- oh, I better start eating as much spicy food, I just can't handle it. It's like, to me, that's a good example of man up. So yeah, if, if you're if yeah, you're, don't like <laughs> if you're wandering out in the world and you can't handle someone saying to you like, "Come on, don't be a bitch. Just try that. Try that hot sauce." Like if that just breaks you down, <laughs> then I'm sorry. You do need to man up. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like, do you expect like just go out in the world and have it like cater to you? Like roll out the fucking carpet so I'm as comfortable as possible at all times. Sorry, that's not how w- the world works. If you're so broken that someone kind of poking fun at that at your ability to drink hot sauce, <laughs> then yes. You're, you do need to man up. Well, Sorry. well, and they take it to this degree that that saying "man up" suggests that men are better. You know, like think well, they criticize think, that idea. Yeah, though, I think so. men are better at being men. <laughs> they are. Sorry. So well, they're better at being women too, because uh, if you want to be a trans MMA fighter, the best ones are apparently the the men who've turned that's into true. women. And like the ones that Caitlyn Jenner. Dude, broad, he won Woman of the Year. <laughs> but, but I. <laughs> All right. It's so I guess it's we're just, better at that. Too. <laughs> 
But there's that whole SJW thing where they're trying to get people to take man out of things, like man. Dude, that was like ten years like, ago. I know, but that, <laughs> that, that, that to me is the big point of it. Like man up. They just why does that have to be man? Why does it have to be man? It has to be because men make shitty women and women make <laughs> shitty men. As, as by the you ever seen like this is gonna come off. This is gonna come off. This is going real bad. But like if you've ever seen like. A, a trans dude or a trans woman, so a guy who's, who's, who's identifying as a woman, like in a dress and whatever. And like, hey, I doing, saw those Maury episodes. Sometimes he's we doing, talked about he's this. He's doing his best, and like, but he's still got like these hairy knuckles, giant hands, like these broad shoulders. <laughs> like, had, oh, that's what that Seinfeld I'm episode sorry, was about. Like, you just look ridiculous. She had man hands, man. You haven't seen Patrick Swayze in a dress, apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Of course, there are exceptions to this rule, and they all made it onto Mori Povich, trying to guess if it was a man or a woman. <laughs> and they all made it onto Mori. But Povich. generally speaking, it's like, yeah, there's a reason why people say man up to men because men don't make great women. And if you're walking around being like, you can't make fun of me, like I, I'm gonna stay home instead and just live in my 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 shelter, my bomb shelter or whatever. Like, my mom shelter. My mom shelter. <laughs> <laughs> like then, yes, you, at that level, you definitely need to man up a bit like if you can't if you can't take any level of criticism to the point of your friend kind of poking fun at you then yeah you're not being enough of a man sorry yeah. listen you had a vasectomy you are not a man yeah. man that makes me feel bad gender's a social construct now <laughs> I, let's i'm throwing it all away just like tyler durden does and it's like well find some fucking balance i mean for most men, I think it's like, yeah, uh, I think that being a man is like about, uh, you know, working out and having lots of big muscles. And then I'm like, yeah, fuck you. And then like, they're going to be like, well, I kind of respect that. You know, like that's, you know, like being part of, I think being a man or just being a person. But like, if I'm going to talk about masculinity is like, if you think something, stand for it. I, I think it, it like, comes down like, to just being a bit not, confident, right? Like, yeah, it's so kind, it I totally can just is. be myself. It's like, well, you gotta, you gotta work out and get big. And I'm like, uh, go kill yourself. I don't, I don't need to. Yeah, I, I don't you need can to. do it. You can do it. I and laugh. I don't need to like make it a big stink. It's just like, ah, you do what you do, man. I, I laugh year after year, pretty much seeing this reoccurring article that keeps popping up about how feminists find themselves not attracted to male feminists and that they're more <laughs> attracted to like these really chauvinist dudes. <laughs> so it just it just cracks me up. That's interesting. Yeah, it's so I mean so I hear people talking about like uh, Fight Club and like, dude, this analysis that I saw today on this was just absolutely mind-boggling. Like, you know, there there's so many mind-boggling ones because it's like, wow, it's like you so hard miss the themes. Like, I get there's a lot of there's a lot of layers to the movie, but man, it's like it's fascinating to see people miss the boat so hard. Well, when you talk about when you talk about Fight Club, like you know, at the beginning of the movie, like we were noticing this when we were talking about it. Um, you know, he got we were, we were the cancer group or whatever, and all in all these men are like hugging each other, and it's like, man, like this is like ultra feminized. And one of the things I was thinking is like, man, the way that you have to deal with losing your balls is like just hugging a bunch of other men and stuff. Like it's mm -hmm. like like I think that Fight Club might be good. <laughs> you know, like I mean, not not like maybe the actual one, but like yeah, go do like some. Well, it's because you're seeing a bunch of guys like yeah, they're finding some embrace in in these support groups, but they're also like they're just come across. So weak, and Purposely. I don't, I don't, I don't mean in a way like they're weak, like they're they're not sh they're not strong dudes, but it's like they just seem so defeated. Maybe that's the yeah, yeah. yeah. They did, they, they, which I think is is the best way to look at so, it because so like when, men do need like 
care too, right? Yeah. So when you see them in the Fight Club, it's like even though it's like they're regressing into a very destructive uh, philosophy. Well, at least they're not so defeated. They don't look so defeated. They don't look so like like, well, uh, like so they're just dying. So right? to me, I feel like that is kind of pointing. Not that obviously, like I don't know. Even like I don't consider you somebody that it's like, oh, if I have every emotional problem, it's like, oh yeah, Andy's gonna give me a shoulder <laughs> to cry on. But like I, I know that I could probably at least mention them to you, and you're not, not gonna be like, oh, what an what an idiot I for having feelings. It, I don't think it's ever. Happened. Yeah, because like, yeah, this just, doesn't happen. This basically doesn't happen in real life at all. They saw it on a movie or a cartoon show at some point. Yeah, like, where it's oh, like, oh my god, oh, men can't express their emotions, <laughs> oh. and it's like, yeah, maybe if you're like, and you know, I mean, I I know people. It's like especially when you're a teenager and you know you've got all these terrible emotions all the time and maybe you talk to somebody about it and they don't give you the best response that you're looking for and you're just so fragile you just like you practically fall apart um you know over anything because it's like most of the feelings that you feel especially when you're hitting puberty it's like they seem weird to you and you're like you don't know that other people have all experienced these exact emotions like you know when you start being attracted to people and stuff like that's that's weird for 10-year-olds and 12-year-olds to be going through. So, you know, for someone to act a little bit, like, odd to you, like, you really need somebody to be like, hey, it's, uh, erections are normal, you know, (laughs) like, you're not, you know, you're not diseased or or whatever it is. Um, And it's like, once you're an older person, though, like, you need to be able to say a vulnerable emotion and the person you're saying it to doesn't have to react in the perfect way. Like, and you, oh, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm really struggling with alcoholism. And it's like, well, you know, it's a disease and I'm just falling apart. That wasn't the right thing to say. It's like you need to have a little bit of resilience, like even when you're being vulnerable or whatever. And I feel like this, I feel like this support group thing, it's like, yeah, I'm sure a support group is good. But I feel like what they were illustrating in the movie is like, that's all they do. Yeah. All they do is just talk about their feelings and then that just leads this this sort of like feminization, especially for men, just leads to just complete and utter defeat. Because yeah. it's like, yeah, you gotta talk about your emotions sometimes, but you know what you could also do is like give yourself some self-esteem. Yeah, maybe going to the gym might make you feel a bit better, even if just for endorphins. It does like, it does illustrate maybe the needs uh, being different a bit for men, where like even Bob transitions from like that victim kind of like hugging, crying thing into like empowerment and like fighting other Well, Bob, dudes. so Bob Sorry is enough. the dude with the man tits in this yeah. movie. If you've seen him, he's like- Meatloaf. He, meatloaf, yeah, the, the, uh, the musician, he's a musician, Paulson. right? Yeah, and he, uh, he takes- Too many names. He, he's, he's like a, he's a workout guy. He's a, uh, he was a, he, he was a bodybuilder. In, in the movie, he was like, he, 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 rise, he rised up the bodybuilding ranks, yeah. and he also made some kind of exercise program that made a lot of money off of something like yeah, that. Yeah, but he took a bunch of steroids, and that screwed up his hormones, got, and now he's well, got, he got giant, like, fat man. Well, he got cancer. testicular cancer, and then he had, his, he had his testicles removed because of that, and then, like, through whatever hormones that go through that treatment, he developed, like, bitch tits, as they yeah. say in the movie. So uh, he's actually, like, the most enlightened guy in the movie, like, the, the whole time. Like, he's, like, he... Mm, sort of. He, yeah, he... I don't know. He like he he's like this vulnerable guy. Uh, like he, uh, you know, he expresses himself. He doesn't mind. He likes being part of the Fight Club too. You know, he just kind of like when things happen to him, he just kind of takes it in stride. Like he's not like this despairing guy who can't handle life. But he he's just, still like he's he's a tragic character. Oh yeah, he's, he's, the one. he's I mean, like especially getting shot in the head by the end was pretty tragic. It's like yeah, he had, he had the peak of his life 
taken from him. He lost everything in the testicles, business, and family. Uh, was complete rock bottom and these like defeating uh, support groups. And then, you know, he joined, he finally joins his fight club, which just ends up being a, a terrorist organization <laughs> that uses him to the point of him dying, like being killed. <laughs> and it's just, he's just, he just dies. Well, one. being tragic doesn't mean he's not enlightened. Just, sure, you know, sure. Until, uh, like, but like, I just think that he is, uh, I don't know, he's, he's just this, He's this guy who he seems to be able to take everything in stride, and you know he's able to be he's able to be vulnerable. He's able to care for other people. He's able to fight a bit and, and stuff too. And like he's you know he's he's a well-rounded guy despite all the tragedy in his life. And it's like I mean he's kind of like this this butt of the joke in the movie because he's got these big man tits or whatever. But yeah, but in, the, in these support groups, like the connection he's getting with these other men is kind of like. Very feminine, where he goes to the fight club. Well, that's it's what very they're masculine. Well, that's yeah, the that's what they're yeah. illustrating, yeah. and it is like, well, I mean, I yeah, there, it's it's definitely like, oh, God, this is this is the consequence of if you just throw away your masculinity. Mm. Like if if you, yeah. if you just say, well, this is dumb. This is it's just not worth anything. I I'm not even going to invest a little bit into these ideas. Like that. This well, is the also consequence. this is someone who was at like the peak of masculinity. He was a bodybuilder with a successful yeah. business and a family. Like he's seemingly it's like he had everything. As far as those stereotypes of and it's been, masculine, and then it whatever. gets ripped from him, and so he's just yeah, and, and he has he's forced to abandon it all into this defeatist support group, which is like anti-masculine. And it's fascinating. And despite actually. the fact that that was supposed to be supportive, it was actually like the worst thing that could happen. Well, to the, him. In, in the movie, like he's so emasculated, he has bitch tits. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah totally. That's really interesting. <laughs> that's, it's pretty. It's definitely, uh, definitely what. That's it's definitely in, but, but, that was definitely intentional. <laughs> <laughs> David Fincher is what you would call a competent director. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> um, well, why don't we get to? Uh, so I've got probably one of the worst things to ever come out of Fight Club. So why don't we get to a okay. baby boomer? Uh, baby boomers are shit of the week, and then I'll and then I'll get back to that. Uh, Speaking of emasculated, this might this week's baby boomer rant might be a little on the, unintentionally on the nose. Um, they all, and when I say they all, I mean all the male baby boomers have the most obvious worst, completely unconvincing callovers you have ever seen. It's like, dude, like, what the fuck are you doing? When I say, like, the worst, like, I feel for people who are losing their hair, because I think it might... I, I've had a shaved head for quite a while now, and I think it, I might start to be losing it, but I don't care, because I just shave my head. Yeah, and you don't look like a guy who doesn't have hair, because like, like, I always say, if, as long as you can have hair on one vertical hemisphere of your, fi- <laughs> of your... or horizontal hemisphere of your face, you're fine. If you have a shaved head and a big beard, no one even notices the shaved head, sure. because it's part of your makeup. You just don't want to be a George Costanza with no beard, no mustache, so that's and no more, hair. On that's top. more what I'm talking about. Like I, I, I can understand why people want to hold on to their hair as long as they can. But I'm talking about this. Maybe this isn't a boomer thing. Maybe it's just an old guy thing. Because this is this is like I'm talking about the kind of comb over where it's like they have a decent amount of hair on the side and back, and just like a couple scraggly bits on the top, like noticeably scraggly bits on the top. Like, dude. What are you? What the fuck and are you really, doing? They're really, really holding on Just to it. Just shave it all off, or trim the sides really short, and get rid of those like this this fucking Brillo pad you have on the top <laughs> of your head. It looks terrible. Are you it's talking just... about Donald Trump? 
No, because I don't know. Quite a bit I don't know what the fuck's going. I know this. Is, Nobody it's, does. It's such a. Yeah. It's such a tired thing to talk about Donald Trump's hair, but I have no idea what's going on with his hair. I've, if you ever look at a picture, if you of don't, it, know, like, I don't know, then I guess it's okay. If, um, you, if you can't tell what's going on, then go, so more power to you. It's the truly it. terrible comb overs that I'm talking about. Where, like I said, like there's just this little weird tuft on the top. It's like, dude, get rid of it. Like. Men are you, you, mean, you mean where like all of it's bald except this little front except patch? like a little bit, or they're trying to they've tried to comb over a bit, but they don't have enough to comb over. So it's just like you're clearly bald, like you're George Costanza yeah. bald. <laughs> I've always wondered about the ones that have just the patch, like oh, a, like, like a horn on the top of their head. Dude, men are fortunate enough, like we're we're unfortunate enough that we're very likely to lose our hair at some point, but we're fortunate enough that men can pull off that look. Mm. Most women can't pull off having <laughs> no hair. Some women can, but not not yeah. many. It's not a good look for. For for most women, but most men can pull off a shaved head or completely bald, whatever. Like, so when you get to the point where you just have like you can count the number of hairs on the top of your head, <laughs> dude, get rid of them. Like, what are you holding? Got like on a Charlie to? Brown one yeah, tiny hair like, up there. <laughs> once it gets to that point, you should just look at it and be like, all right, well, fuck you guys. I'm done with this. Just shave them all off. Oh yeah, I'm fuck like you. I'm definitely like a year or two away from that spot right now. Like my yeah. hair is thinning out. I got I got I still have like a ton of hair and. But if long. you didn't tell me that. Yeah, I would, if I didn't I, tell I, you, I wouldn't, wouldn't I wouldn't really notice, but, but if, I, I, maybe that's just me. If I pull like, it I apart, know. you can start to see, and sure. it's like, I was talking to my hairdresser about it, and she's like, yeah, like, if you cut this short, you, it, you're done. Yeah. She's like, you'll never, get, you'll never grow it back long enough, so just keep it long, and... Once people can notice, we're just gonna just get rid we're, of it. We're all. just gonna get rid yeah. of it, and I'm gonna be more of a beard guy at that point. And oh. I'm quite all right with that. So, dude, not having any hair on your head. Oh, I'm a victim of toxic well, your masculinity. Dad, your dad does it that way, right? Your dad, Pardon? Your dad does it that way. He looks pretty good. Yeah, my dads are like all of my girlfriends have been like, man, I want to fuck your dad. Like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, but people, you're do just a stepping stone toward <laughs> yeah. this yeah. is toxic masculinity. People do tell me like like women tell me a lot that my dad is really a really attractive guy and. He is like, he's not even like a flat bald guy. Like he does have like the patches, but yep. he just shaves it very sh like, like zero well, guard so razor, the, you know? So you can, I think if you're trying, like if you've just. If, if you look like you're embarrassed, if, then you're exactly, going to look embarrassed. Exactly. Like if you look like you're trying not to hide it, that's why I'm not saying like you don't necessarily have to be bald. Like I don't, I don't, I don't bick my head. I just, I just have a buzz to my, I just sure. use, use a buzz. Um, but if you're trying, if you're not trying to hide it, I think that just comes across as a certain confidence. Like it's just like, yeah, I think I look fine. Like yeah, this. it's like it's your like, most important trait like, as a man. <laughs> it's like this: if you're clearly, if you're trying to hide it, and it's just like you're at a point where you can't hide it, it definitely comes off as a, a very strong lack of confidence. Well, that's that's where we start talking again, like about the like when we're talking about this toxic masculinity stuff, and it's like, okay, so the idea is that men are aggressive. That's the toxic trait, right? And it's like, well, what's the difference between the being aggressive and being confident? Confident. And it's like, and yeah. how do you totally distinguish? Like, because I, I would just say being aggressive is more inconvenient to others or bad to others, and well, that's kind of the shitty thing well, about ag it. Well, aggressive, it's people hear aggressive and it's an aggressive word. Like, it sounds <laughs> that really sounds aggressive. It sounds really mean, <laughs> but really, like, you know, planes and jets and skyscrapers all exist because of the aggressive tendencies in men. Yeah. Like it's yeah, I think aggressive is fine. It's just that's a, that has to do with like your energy style or well, something. No, you but, just, I, but I think the word that that might do it for me is like dominance. Like when one person's dominating another, or like a group is dominating. I mean, dominance group. is important too. That's like leadership. But, but I would that, say dominance isn't necessarily 
bad, not necessarily bad either. Again, it's, it's an aggressive word. It sounds really bad because people think dominance, they think oppression, and they're not quite the same thing. They have the, the Venn diagram. They have a lot of crossover, but they're not quite the same thing. Like oppression doesn't necessarily mean aggression. Aggression, like a, when a business is successful and it makes all the right moves and it's a competent company, it's the aggressive side that's pushing it toward that. But that's not, and they're dominating the market as well. Yeah, I was, I was literally just about to say well, that. It's like, but that's well, they're, not, not they're not cheating their competitors. They're just providing a good service if, constantly. Yeah. And if they're, innovate, <laughs> if they're innovating industry and, and, and improving uh, human life, like medical industry has. But that, that might be a different animal to discuss because we're just talking about people, right? So, sure. like Jordan Peterson has, but this is, has but this the lobsters, is, right? The lobster how, example is like. But this is how people succeed there's, nowadays. There's the big alpha lobster that is the dominant lobster. And so he ranks. I mean, we can just talk about people. Like, we don't need he, to bring it down to higher. lobsters. <laughs> he ranks higher, though, than the other, the other ones around there's him. A so. higher, there's a social hierarchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's yeah. a hierarchy. And so that hierarchy, is that what we're talking about versus aggression? It's just social hierarchy? Well, you brought up dominance. Um, well, like, I know. That's what I'm saying, I know, though, but, Aggression but, and dominance aren't the same thing. But, no. that's what, but that's what they're getting at. They're using the word aggression, but it's really like they're talking about hierarchy. No, they're not just... Well, no, when they're I talking they're about talking, aggression, I they're talking about men raping women. I think That's what they mean. I think they're talking about oppression. It's not necessarily... Yeah. Because dominance isn't necessarily bad. Aggression isn't necessarily bad. Oppression is pretty bad. Like, I don't think there's ever... There's not a good oppression. Right, but when you start talking about aggression as, as like, a bad thing, it's like, well, it depends on what it's being used that's for. That's what I'm saying. You that's, know, but, yeah. but... But, no, it's inherently bad. It's like, Just oh, like yeah, dominance, like, that's then, not yeah. a good thing that to teach. So, I mean, this, this, the, this video I was watching this morning on, like, yeah, toxic masculinity and, and fight club, and they're talking about, it's like, well, the problem with, you know, when you have these ideas, like, men should be this way, or, yeah, men should protect their family, mm -hmm. is, like, there's going to be people who lose in that, and, like, and now they're... Don't get to be men or whatever and it's like yeah actually that's true about anything that you say is good as soon as you say that anything is a good idea the people who can't do it all of a sudden don't fit in that's what happens anytime you value anything people, but that, people have to be allowed to fail you're never going to have yeah. a society where people don't fail and the the point where you're trying to eradicate people failing you're it's it, it's just it's I mean I hate to go on more anti-government rants but it just leads down a path toward tyranny. Yeah, because like people have no reason to improve themselves if you say that they're all right as they are. And it's yeah. like no, I'm not all right as I am. I'm not even 30 years old. So I've learned all that I need to learn already and the rest of my life is just a waste of time where well, I'm not going to grow at all. Well, that and like <laughs> as soon as you def as soon as you accept uh, that people can be successful, you have to also accept that some people cannot like some people are not going to be successful. So there's failure. It's like my point is like if you're trying to eradicate failure, you can't. You're wasting and, your time. And your plight to eradicate it is just that's going to well, like help there's the only either. way to do it is well, is, like, is yeah. to oppress, is to stop the like we have to stop this from happening. We have, we have to, to stop the successful stop, people yeah, we have to, from being yeah, successful. Yeah, it's just it's a it's it's like it's like a, a man a man failing doesn't stop him from being a man. It doesn't stop He's you from being a, man. a human. It, maybe it stops from being like this idea of what a man should be? Well, it doesn't also, stop you at all. It's just like how, every failure is just like, okay, well, now I know and I'll recalculate onto the next say, thing. How, Your life keeps moving forward. It doesn't just stop time how common, when you screw something How commonly up. accepted of life advice is it is to not, you know, you have to be... You have to be a, adapt to fail. You have to be. Pick you have to accept again. that you can yeah. that you're gonna fail. Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't make you a failure as a human being. And yeah. it's like, well, your life isn't worth any. Just throw yourself off a bridge because uh, you you're not enough of a man. And it's like, well, no, that's just it's a sliding scale. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so, like, yeah, just this idea that's like, well, you can't have these definitions of what a man is supposed to be because then people won't fit into that. And, like, you know, they'll be girly men. It's like, well, I'm sure you're a girly man who's writing this or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, I don't know. It's like, you can just I, tell when somebody holds themselves with some sort of composition. I, like, just, I just, I, I inherently disagree with that, with that statement of, like, well, you can't have these general statements about what it is to be a man. I think, yes, you can, but they have to stay general. You can't have you can't have it to be so specific that as soon as someone it's like if you're not a man in the UFC pummeling other guys while making money and banging broads like then you're not a man. It's like no, it's like a and nobody's saying that. It, exactly. Like, I'm, exactly. Like, it's this, I'm just it's saying this like cartoon of the person. That's what that's what that. I'm saying. It's I think it's fine to have a general statement of what it is to be a man as long as it's general. It's it's, actually, it's adaptable to all these different personalities, but it's the perceived goal is that you you want a successful life and be able to protect. This your dude actually used that example by the way, except he said like fast cars and, and, and banging and broads. It's, it's so like, confusing to me. About, who's because... talking about fast cars as a yeah, symbol of mass? What year yeah. is this? What, like, is this the 60s? I, I got a <laughs> Honda Civic, to, like a new <laughs> Honda Civic is a very fast car. Like even yeah. the crappiest car is pretty yeah. fast these days. It's like, oh, driving a, a Prius, that's a fast car. Like how fast are these cars? That's, like, a, that's an efficiently made car. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, oh, I'm so manly with my electric car that's insanely fast. It's like, what to, yeah, like, the, like it's just such a great, it's a great example of like the caricature that, that somebody who's talking yeah, about this cartoon. is creating. It's like, I've, I just, I've never met these people. I'm sure there, are, maybe if I go to the South or something, I'm going to like meet somebody like that. But yeah. it's like, for like, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a pretty conservative family and stuff. Like you'd think it's like, I think I remember like, my dad was annoyed at me because I didn't want to go in the crawl space because I thought there were spiders in there and I really was afraid of spiders as a kid. Mm-hmm. And like he's like, just just do it, man. Like it's like they're just spiders; they're not going to hurt you. Oh, toxic masculinity! <laughs> like it's just like no, you're just really inconveniencing us because we need you to help with the chores no, and you and like won't do it. Encouraging <laughs> you and it's there's other words. I mean, you it can made me feel it, it, it annoyed me and it made me feel bad. And I was like, yeah. no, I'm not doing it. And I just walked away. And it's like, uh-huh. oh, I never never did that. And maybe I would have been better off to do it but it's like it really wasn't a I don't big know deal. <laughs> you could argue that you were better off for walking away and just standing up for yourself yeah well you know what you could really argue is that my dad's a huge piece of shit toxic masculinity mm-hmm. I've always just, said this yeah, yeah just Ooh. just enforcing gender norms about trying to get your chores done <laughs> Uh, like I said earlier, I, these people live in a fucking cartoon where they live in what's that? What's that movie Odd World we watched? Or Cool World? Cool, cool, cool World. world. It's like, that's the world with, that Brad Pitt. With Brad Pitt, <laughs> yeah. Cartoon characters, and it, it's just a convenient way to make some asinine argument that doesn't have a lot of basis in, in uh, human understanding and philosophy. It's the way to argue it by making these fucking cartoon characters that don't actually exist. Yeah. So I had um, a friend of mine uh, posted on her Facebook, and she was like, you know, what makes people People think they have the right to comment on on my body. This is my property and stuff. These and then, goddamn then, doctors. Well, yeah. what? <laughs> well, she went on this story about like she was like in public and this guy walked up to her and started telling her about like how to lose weight or something. Just <laughs> out of the blue. Yeah, yeah, just okay. out of the blue. And it's like, okay, so that I mean, that's a really rude thing yeah. to do for sure yeah. of this guy. But it's like, but you've turned this into this big political thing when you could be like, listen, some guy was a huge asshole to me today and just started like, and just started basically making fun of me for being fat. And it's uh-huh. like, no, what gives you the right to comment on my body? And it's like, like you just have all of like this, like very political language and like this, it's like, 
Yeah, they're just being... Yeah, like this is a societal problem, not just a dude being a dickhead. Yeah, he's just being a dickhead. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't need like modern uh, enlightened feminism yeah. to, no, to, to notice that he's just being an asshole. All he needs is some proper parenting that he missed out on 20 years ago. Yeah, it's I, I don't know. And it's like, yeah, just be rude to him. Just yeah. be like, hey... Hey, fella, why don't, here's some advice for how to lose your balls. Keep talking to me. Wow. So I, I, that, I mean, that might be terrible advice for, like, if they're alone, just as a lone woman. I think it was like in a Walmart. Some, mouthing <laughs> off some dude. Yeah. Like, I, it's, it's, it's just like, yeah, like, just discourage somebody from giving un, un like, uh, solicited advice by, be, by not giving them a very good reaction. It's like, oh, well, maybe they won't want to do that again next yeah, time. I, I appreciate know. your advice, but uh, I don't care. But it's like <laughs> like 95% of these things are just these very common sense people being dicks. And it's like, this is why we have to rewrite the rules of our entire yeah. society. And it's like, well, most people already know that that's a Here's dickish a thing to do. No matter what kind of society you have, whether it's a patriarchy or not, like any population of a group... About, I'm going to say 10% of them are going to be dickheads. It doesn't matter what kind of group it is. Yeah. Like, that's what, like, yeah, it's like you get baseball fans and you, or, or I shouldn't say baseball, but sports fans and you see like these dumb sports, right? It's like, that's the 10% of doofuses and fans. Does that mean that 100% of sports fans are just raging idiots? No, probably not. It's that 10%. Like, most I say we destroy our whole society <laughs> exactly. in order to fix this. Well, most, most we're really guy. talking about people who are coddled, I think, because like a person yeah. like that is like, I don't want him to make fun of me or say if anything rude to me. Oh, I'm just big, coddled too much. Just stand up for yourself. If you're a big fatso walking through public and and some guy makes a comment, it, it's really weird to assume it's like, well, just all guys are like this. They're so men. This is just toxic masculinity. It's like, no, it's 10% of the dick. And how many, how many, every group has that 10%. How many dudes are you, are you running into a day? It's like, well, I walked through a hundred dudes and one of them said this to me. It's like, men are all the same. So what you're saying is that 99 of them didn't? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, it's like, I'm not saying, obviously it's like, oh, I, you know, I met a thousand men and one of them raped me. It's like, I'm not going to be like, well, oh, that's not a big deal. Like, that's a huge fucking deal or whatever. Like, uh, but it's like, but yeah, just to I just think that this idea of rewriting the rules, it's like yeah, just don't be a dick. Yeah, I like, think I think absolute thinking is toxic. Well, just be ready. And so lumping right. in all men into that one category. Well, I'm is absolutely toxic. saying not to be a dick. So you know, well, that, unless it's that's really funny, then you should be a huge dick. <laughs> or if someone's being an asshole to you, then be. A dick. Speaking of Walmart, by the way, I got to tell you about Walmart's big mistake. Some weird food thing I sense yeah. coming. <laughs> oh, you wish. <laughs> okay, so there's a problem with their shitter. The idea of the, the idea of Walmart is that, like, you know, and, and you see a million articles on them is that they cheap out on everything, right? And it's like they don't pay their workers like wages well, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah there's all, there's all this stuff and whatever, but nobody cares because when you walk into the store, you don't look at a worker and you're just like, oh, I can feel how low their wages. Like it doesn't really impact your experience as a consumer. So yeah. so Walmart gets away with it. Yeah. Right, and it's like so, you know. And I've worked in the back because one, one of my friends like works at, uh, you know, one of the drink companies and like has to load the drinks. And so I've joined him a few to, few days like when I was younger. And Walmart always has the shittiest equipment for like lifting. You know those little oh, yeah. skid movers or whatever those hydraulic pallet jacks. Yeah, yes. the pallet jacks. Walmart's pallet jacks. <laughs> skid marks. <laughs> Walmart's but- pallet jacks are like the cheapest one ever. Oh, but yeah. as a consumer, you'll never notice because that's the employees that have to deal with that. Generally, the store looks nice enough and and whatnot. And it's like. So Walmart's done this pretty good job. It's like, well, as a consumer, you just get a cheap price and like, 
you know, I don't, I don't know if the goods are that good, but here's where they fucked up is toilet paper, man. Cause you, I when you go like the public use, toilet the public paper? use okay. toilet paper, not the, if it was just employee toilet paper, no one would notice, but you walk into a, a Walmart and they have got the cheapest goddamn half apply. Isn't this just toilet- all like public washrooms? Well, not not companies that care about you. Not Costco, you know, not not somewhere great. Uh, I've never used a bathroom. I was just I, this just sounds like all yeah, public. Not this, is, this is how you can tell whether a corporation cares about you is the is the quality. Here's of their a hint: toilet none care. of them do. Not a goddamn <laughs> one of them do. It's not their point. Yeah, why it's do you want their corporations to life. care about the you? The toilet paper is the smoke. Well, well, this is this is this is sorry. Maybe I misphrased that. This is how you can tell whether a corporation is cheaping out on you in the back end. It's like, sure. oh, you're actually getting screwed in some weird way. You know, the, your, the, employee, the Walmart employees are spitting in your cookies because they're unhappy with their wage or whatever it is. The toilet paper is the smoking gun. And it's <laughs> Walmart's huge mistake. That company would be turned right around if they invested in some good in toilet paper for their customers. So there you go, Walmart. <laughs> okay, so we were, we were talking about Walmart's big mistake, and I was going to talk to you about uh, Fight Club's yeah, so big bring mistake. Bring this back to Fight Club. The Fight Club video game. Yeah, you say big mistake. <laughs> I say incredibly fascinating. Uh, the, so this is basically my other... This is my favorite misinterpretation of Fight Club is the producer's view. Like, just I'm using finger quotes, not necessarily After producers of the movie. But everything that we've just talked about and all of the meaning in Fight Club yeah. and how the, the, you know, the actual Fight Club is actually like not a very good thing. And it's really not glorified in the movie uh, unless you're totally misinterpreting it. Uh, and it's like, it's about, you know, these deep internal psychological, like, Issues that you have, yes. And then somebody was like, "Well, we should make that into a fighting video game." Well, so I, well, no, that's it. Yeah, we didn't touch I, on all the depth either. It's like it's about fighting. It's in the title. What I find truly fascinating about this, I, I, I can somewhat understand where the producers are coming from. They have this movie. Like this is a big movie. It's not some super tiny everyone micro budget movie. Everyone's like, it's heard not of it. Quite a blockbuster. This is a big company release, and it didn't do well in the box office. Uh, at the time, and really? so yeah, it did oh, not that's do well. It was very, it was very polarized reviews too. Like people really, like it was very wild, like, a lot of negative reviews. That's so bizarre. It, um, it was almost like an action movie to me. Like there were scenes that just I lost myself <laughs> even after watching it. After how many years? There's like five minutes of action in this whole movie, and yeah, it's like a not two a lot of action. No, no, but it's a plus intense. hour movie. <laughs> like, like there's there's momentum internally. Maybe yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. The, the pacing is pretty good like, it's like an intense movie, maybe 10 yeah. minutes where but, it gets a little so dull. it's fascinating to me after everything we've said about how like this is a, this is basically a philosophical movie there's a lot of different layers going on this is basically it's, just silence by scorsese <laughs> this fight club so but it's you really, want to so you want to play the silence video yeah. video game it's you really get to fascinating the japanese monarchy or <laughs> really fascinating to see just get tortured to see producers <laughs> to see producers try to monetize this in any level because the whole movie is Tyler like, Durden plushies. Yeah. So <laughs> quite a, I think when I first, when I first joined fight club, uh, I like, I like liked the, the, the fight club movie page. Which, there's, a, there's an operation game with Jack Sliver and Jack Spleen yeah. and all the body parts he lists up. <laughs> yeah, so it's like you you say these things as it, like completely comedically, but they've tried to do a lot of stuff like that. Not quite that ridiculous, but so yeah, I, I 
early on on Facebook, I like liked the Fight Club movie page, and every now and then, very rarely, like I've had it like. I still have it liked from like you know probably like over ten years ago now, wow. uh, and every now and they they post I see their posts very seldom but every now and then it'll be like they'll be selling some shoe with like Tyler Durden on the side of it and it's like yeah cool it's like this is huh. yeah weird cool. misunderstanding like and it's just them trying to find any way to monetize something that like the message of the movie is inherently like not like anti monetizing but it's it's very like you shouldn't be defining your person through products and, and, and consumerism like this. Yeah. But hey, buy this t-shirt with here's, Edward Norton's face Here's, here's a good one from the Fight Club page. Do you hear that? It's a little voice inside your head telling you to wish Edward Norton a happy birthday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, yeah, it, it definitely, I mean, I think there's the obvious criticism. It's like, oh, uh, making an anti-consumerist but this is a movie made by rich people like yeah. uh, that they're trying to sound it's like yeah well what are we going to do make an anti movie that's not a movie but like that doesn't not, go like it's, a, it's not <laughs> just like anti capitalist or consumerism there's a whole like existential thing going on yeah, like, it's, it's like, not it's, just about like money is evil blah, it's pretty blah, reality it's bending simple. well yeah. yeah it's like it's like it's about uh, you know you have this industrial revolution and then now your job you work on like this tiny cog of some bigger machine and there's no satisfaction that comes yeah. from that. And there's you're no just, real identity. And, now, and you're just the next, you're a cog now too. Yeah. And it's like, well, where does the meaning come from? And it's like, you know, that's a legitimate criticism. Well, despite you're built the fact for that, surviving, you know, out in the wilderness and here you are just sitting around all day. Yeah, well, it's a personal Talking criticism. Talking on some podcast. I mean, here's Talk, a, here, yeah, it's just he, working at your desk at home. <laughs> here's another personal uh, experience that they, that they could do. Um, we have uh, all of this efficient way of producing things, and now I didn't starve to death in like frickin' Africa because we were able to get some money and like uh, yeah. you know it's like yeah there's a personal experience where being a cog in that machine is causes this existential crisis. Also, you produce way more. I don't know. Yeah, like it's like there's there's it's good and bad depending on your perspective. So, I think the pinnacle of this misunder this either misunderstanding or this bold attempt to monetize Fight Club. You got a couple before we get to the pinnacle yeah, yeah, here? I, got, I, got a, I just got this Facebook page. is amazing. Yeah, it's gold. It's a gold mine. The first rule of Fight Club is watch the best of the 90s collection. Will Smith, iRobot, 10 movie That's collection. amazing. That's like basically my intro to this episode where I said the first rule of real movies, real man, is you do talk about <laughs> you do It's talk. like the same thing. It's kind of incredible. That's pretty hilarious. Yeah, that's, uh, I'll, I'm just going to keep throwing these out occasionally while while we continue sure. on. So the pinnacle of this, of, of trying to monetize Fight Club, uh, is the Fight Club video game. It's 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 so incredible. I want to get my hands on it. I know we won't be able to we won't be able to stomach through beating the game, but it's just it's so funny to me that there's this game out there. It's a fighting game, like a street fighter. Like a, yeah, like a there's a guy on the left and a guy on the right. Yeah. It's a stage. Yeah, a Mortal Kombat game. Street Fighter. So it's not style an adventure. Game. Are they characters explore any. we know? Yes. Like so Bond? you can play as the characters in Fight Club, and I just imagine exactly what you just said. Some guy sitting there oh, thinking, "Oh, cool! I can play as." Bob <laughs> with the man tits. Yeah. Bob is this. Bob is a character who develops testicular cancer, has his <laughs> testicles removed, like, and he developed it by his own fault from taking too yeah. much steroids. At the peak of his life, he loses everything: his his body, his family, his business. And he only finds meaning in a terrorist group that just uses him and disposes of him. Just flippantly. Yeah, and he gets tragically killed. He's a tragic character. He has no redemption in the end. His character is, it's a very sad story, the story of Bob in Fight Club. 
It's bizarre. <laughs> I can't wait to play as Bob. Play. I just yeah. imagine that character select screen and there's Bob there. <laughs> so, his, yeah, I can play as Bob. Like, no, it's like it's such a sad Fight character. Fight Club is so cool. It's so weird to be like, oh, man, sweet. I get to play as Bob. It's so cool, Bob. Like. What's even it's so weird? What's even cooler is if you beat the game, you unlock the playable oh, character Fred Durst, who's the lead singer of Limp Biscuit. I can't Woo, stop. Can't I can't to, stop thinking about. I can't that. wait to play as Fred Durst, the lead singer of Limp Biscuit. I'm gonna fight That's Bob incredible. with Fred Durst. To give them any snippet of credit, like trying to monetize Fight Club like this, this does appeal to that edgy teenager who sees Fight Club and and is also playing video violent video games. So I guess. I can understand their goal there, but it's a fascinating it's uh, like a misrepresentation. Really, I of think the movie. so. I think it's interesting they chose to make a fighting game like that. Like they could have easily made it about fighting, but also about like subverting culture and going out and doing missions where you're like doing. These oh yeah, crazy it could have been things. like a mission oriented. Well, those are more those are more complicated. Those stage fighting games are the easiest. Yeah, it's like you just they didn't want to put it's a linear plane like in a tiny little level, and you just have a few punches and kicks. But that would be a more yeah. accurate representation of what the movie was. Yeah, well, I mean. Anybody smart enough to make a good Fight Club video game is smart enough not to make a Fight Club video game. <laughs> uh, first rule of Fight Club, never drop the soap. Second rule of Fight Club, never drop the soap. Hashtag Deadpool escapes. Catch the first movie before Deadpool 2 <laughs> hits theaters this Friday, the 18th. <laughs> oh uh, my God, I love this Facebook page. Is, this, is, this is something from the Wikipedia page about the Fight Club movie game. There's a hardcore mode where injuries are carried over from one fight to another. It's actually kind of interesting. Which could lead to the player being so injured that he's forced into retirement. <laughs> like, did they think this was just a movie about boxing? <laughs> like, none of the characters... Yeah, I retired from Fight Club. <laughs> none of the characters involved in Fight Club slash Project Mayhem would retire. <laughs> the, like, the whole thing is that they're looking to sacrifice themselves to the cause of, destro yeah. of the destruction of society. Well, they, they broke their arms, so they retired? Like, <laughs> I can't fight in a basement anymore, guys. I gotta go back to being a waiter all the time. Man, all of these posts are just happy birthdays to the cast members. That's gold. It's so weird. It's, so it's probably just a generic like PR from the movie studio, and they just... Copy. It's probably not even from the movie studio, and it's like it's just they just went and read up like a top five Facebook posts to make like yeah, some, that's that's kind of what I mean is like it's just a copy and, and paste. Doing the Do the, does the Fight Club website still exist? Oh, I don't know. I'm always curious about those. Some do. Like, I think the Space Jam website. Yeah, that's is still the most. Online. That's the most infamous one that's still around. There's like some GeoCities looking website. Yeah, everybody. Space Jam. Everybody knows. Everyone knows that. One. Everybody knows that. Um, do we are we done with the video game or do well? We... So another this is another this is from Wikipedia just talking about the game. Um, by winning fights, the character moves up the ranks of Fight Club and Project Mayhem to the very end of the game, where you can become Tyler Durden's right hand man. <laughs> What? Yeah, you watch the movie, and it's not that's not meant to be a, a, a path that you want to go down. But it's it's that's a bad thing. <laughs> like it's not a goal to work toward. So yeah, like the so the the whole misunderstanding is just it's so fucking fascinating. <laughs> I mean, everyone should try and check out a, a video or something because it's so funny. The video game. Yeah, the, yeah. It's 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 hilarious. So here's a question for you guys. <laughs> What's the manliest, white collar or blue collar? What the fuck kind of question is this? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I got my I'm grinning and nodding my head right now. Uh -huh. I, just, I just go blue collar. 
Yeah, blue collar workers because they work with their hands. Yeah. But white collar workers actually do something for the world. Well, they both actually do something for the world. <laughs> what the hell are you talking you, about? You said what's the manliest. That's subjective then, right? That's, uh, yeah, well, it's, They're both uh, serving a purpose. Whoever creates the most, I guess. No, nah, I was just part of my tirade against the blue-collar workers. You sure. do hate... I do hate you do the hate lowly serfs. Non-creators. <laughs> no, nah, I guess they create houses and stuff. <laughs> um, and roads and plumbing. Uh-huh. Places for me to shit. Thanks, guys. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Pretty sweet. Any more thoughts on Fight Club? Uh, um, Drift toward the end here? Yeah, I mean, there was... So there's, there's this theory that... I don't even know how to get into it, but... So fan theories are... Yeah, they, yeah. We, we touched on it a little bit at the beginning before we got into misinterpretations, but fan, some of the fucking fan theories are just... So it's so, more weird misunderstanding. So Dave, so Dave, you and I weird. were talking about this this fan theory that that Marla, who's the third person, is actually fake, and everyone in the movie is uh-huh. actually not real, yeah. and that they're all just in his head. It's. <laughs> and I, I personally love this. Theory. Okay, tell tell us why about do you it. Love what this do you theory? like? Because why, I think it's incredible. Why is this? <laughs> why do you think this theory is true? Why do I think it's true? Um, I don't know. I, I can't remember a lot of the points that I read about it, but I think there were some really convincing ones, just like uh, physical things that I actually saw. Like, well, you guys she doesn't about this. actually have a reflection. Yeah, that's the one I was going to bring up. She talks about how Marla has no reflection. And I've seen this picture. Yeah, and you've seen this. So the photo of the of the mirrors that she's not in. It's it's you know when you go to a convenience yeah. store and they yeah, have this one is the of those exact picture I've they seen. have one of those mirrors like those round mirrors that are like in convex the, in the corner that like on the opposite corner of the store from them the type of mirror that you can't see fucking anything in yes. because it just looks like garbage because it's warping it so that they can see the whole store and just see if someone's in the store like yes. in some back aisle or something and it's this, not detailed in the slightest. and this yeah. and this this mirror is like in some dirty grimy hallway and the mirror you can hardly even see anything thing in it like it's like it's and it's just in the corner of it and and there's arrows pointing it looks like those yeah. it looks like those fucking illuminati dollar bills and yes. they're like they're just circling triangles and oh it's it, the, it is a reach i would say, and I would also say that. the whole like composition of the film is meant to look dark and cynical and depressing so nothing has it's nothing it's not a very clean cut like i robot looking movie you know no i mean i'll look at sorry go ahead dave i, don't I, wanna... I was just gonna say i i just would say that i I just more love the idea because, like, it makes sense that the obvious, you know, um, mental kind of distortion character is Tyler Durden. But the other ones, like, it's so much harder to detect, but that that's just great. Like, like Coen Brothers movies, they always have these, like, the depth that nobody gets because nobody's looking. But it's there. Uh-huh. And so But I would I just, say this, I, I would say this Marla fan theory completely misses the depth. It's yeah. It's... It seems more like a wouldn't it be well, what cool I, theory? Yes, that's what I read, that though, completely what misses read, the context in why he had an imag- finger quotes imaginary friend in the first place. But what I read, uh, it actually makes a lot of sense. It goes into like the emasculating kind of like stuff as well, and how she, uh, he becomes her at some point. Like she joins, she comes out into but his life. But why would Tyler he Durden. become her? Um, it's. It's, it's not a matter of yeah, like the, the, hint, the, hints, the hints in the movie that, oh, maybe this could be a thing. It's, it's about understanding why. It's like mm-hmm. you've got to question 
as this movie, like I enjoy it more as it blossoms, I start to get an understanding of why his mind created this Tyler Durden persona in the first place. Like he was feeling emasculated, so he created this alpha male person, and really he was living vicarious, not even vicarious, he was just living through Tyler Durden. Why would he have the need to live through Marla, who's just a junkie? She's not an alpha male. Like She's just mm-hmm. as pathetic of a human being as he was in, his emas- in all his emasculated well, roles. Well, le- let me put a hole in what you're saying here, Andy, <laughs> uh-huh. because there's a lot of common holes. So uh, here, here's a common objection that people say is, well, how can Marla be fake if people interact with her in the movie? And the answer is... Well, this ignores the fact that we watch Tyler Durden interact with dozens of people throughout the entire movie, meaning it doesn't matter at all who Marla Bob or Project Mayhem talks to or what they do. This is like saying Tyler must be real because we watch him talking to people. Except, of course, and I can tell from the shit-eating grin on your face that you're aware of this. Uh, <laughs> and the sarcasm. They, of course, the address this when, when Tyler Durden reveals to Jack, the main character, that they're the same person. He even says, He's like, sometimes you see me, uh, you see me talking to people, but really that's just you, you seeing me doing the actions that you're actually doing. Never says that to Marla. Well, specifically what happens is that also is that it's not that Tyler Durden never talks to people. It's that Tyler and Jack never, never talk. Exactly they're never in the same to room talking to other people because how could they because they're the, the same person. The two of them are never a talking. There's never a group of three with those two in it. Yeah, because it's one or the other. Yes, you know? ex- exactly. Which is, which is an interesting an- idea and thematically fits in with a good story about a guy who makes something to further his life. He creates this character. Yeah. The idea of creating Marla... What like like what does that do for uh, what, Dave? What do you think that does for the story? Other than that, would be cool. Well, it's interesting. I, I don't. It's hard to say because they don't actually make it plainly obvious. If it was, if that is true, and that's what you know, she's in there they for. Don't wait, make, they don't make. They don't make what plainly obvious that she has that kind of a meaning, like that she is is fake like she is not real oh they, yeah they don't make it plainly so obvious because it's not true well because it's not true and there's also so what we were just talking about how you never see Tyler and Jack interacting with the third party mm-hmm. at the same time uh, I, I think I've seen this article you're talking about with Marla's with the Marla character and they say well you never really do with Marla either and mm-hmm. then they go on to say except for these scenes where you do <laughs> and there's, yeah, several, like there's scene, several scenes that scene where, where Project like, Mayhem kidnaps her and then like pulls her into the room kicking and screaming. Yes, and like with and, Jack there as well. <laughs> yeah, where Jack and Tyler and her are are like all there except for well, this is right after. This is right after Tyler is killed. Yeah, yeah, because 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 Jack shoots himself and yes. he actually meets her before Tyler. Yeah, yeah. So she could be then. If, sort if, if, of. He, if sees, if he, sees, he sees flashes of Tyler yes. in the background and, and in videos and stuff. He sees him around. So then if I, let's say I'm going to talk like shit, like this is true. Yeah, well, you should she because shows you believe up. it. She shows up. <laughs> I don't believe it. Yeah, I don't know. But she shows up <laughs> during, during, these, <laughs> during these kind of like uh, things he's going to, whatever they call these groups, right? She shows up at testicular cancer out of the blue. And so I read online that she's post-testicular cancer. She kind of is representing this like anti way of living that he he isn't doing. So she goes and steals pants and just sells them to a thrift store. I think he's just a plot device for a type of personal a type of personality that he's kind of despised against. Despite that he thinks 
early on in the movie when he's his blue collar just doing what he's told so to self he would look at a personality like that and and view them as despicable mm-hmm. whereas as his arc goes on she becomes a more Which grounded to him you could justify too because it would just it would like she's more of a plot device than anything but yeah but you could say if she isn't real though that he could have made her up in order to but it doesn't justify s- his own being there because he goes and calls her a tourist even though he's a tourist right yeah, but the idea is that she, she's just a bit of a mirror to him. Like, like he sees yeah. her, and that annoys him because he she's sees a, himself. She's a, she's a hurdle more but than But she anything. doesn't care where he thinks he cares, right? She's callous about it, and he is using it differently. That's how he sees it. I do not know what you mean. Well, she doesn't seem to be getting the same things out of it. Yeah, she's but, more aloof. And, but and, she's not because she's also she's coming out of it from a female perspective. Hmm. From, a female, from a female rock bottom perspective rather than a male rock bottom perspective. So I, th- I think she's just maybe a female Tyler Durden before the extreme Tyler Durden shows up. But what, what makes her similar to Tyler Durden? Uh, in this like she's bohemian not, She's not style. a movement. She's just a kind of person living a despicable lifestyle. Yeah. She doesn't represent like uh, nihilism or something. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't represent, like she's she not. She doesn't really represent anything. She's not a female nihilism in this like nihilistic movement. Yeah. She's like, not she, trying to destroy anything like that. She's just living like bohemian. Well, and she wants to kill herself because so she's that, a drug addict. You could say that is like a step before. I would say if anything, she's more of a... Uh, parallel to Jack than mm. Tyler because she's just living an empty life as well. But so the reason I would say if if she's real that it, it would be a transition between Jack and Tyler, from Jack being this like you know white collar. Yeah, but he's up. already a transition between Jack and Tyler. Like he's he, all, yeah. he's like, starting to, he, but he why hasn't would he gotten invent a version of himself that's so similar to himself that it means nothing. Because she is more extreme than him in the way she lives. She she he meets her at this like this, this group, but she also but why, lives this but, other. But why do you need way. a more extreme version of the way he's living? We already can see that he's not living a good life. It's not like mm-hmm. he's tricked himself into thinking he's he's living a good life. He knows he's. I miserable. don't know if it's necessary. Uh, yeah, I, it really <laughs> if it's not necessary, it shouldn't be there. And I I don't. And, and I doubt I doubt that they would. It exists. It that exists in. in the movie because it, they do transition him from his normal like work style and, and lifestyle into the groups to meeting her. To meeting him, I know, but like, why can't she just transition. be a character? Like, why does why does so? It's like, oh, the Sixth Sense. Bruce Willis is a ghost. It's like, so this is the type of movie where everyone what could if, be a ghost. What if everyone? What if what if the main character is not even existing? <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's like so basically he gets into this thing where he's like, okay, all of this is made up, not yeah. just Marla, but so all the characters. I could probably answer that. So this is a psychological break. That's really what this whole movie is about. It's about him, like falling apart this guy who's like has his life ordered and no, just it's falls not, to pieces what that's not no, he what doesn't it's about have at all. his life ordered he thinks he has his life ordered yeah. because he's doing all the things that he's been told to do and he's relatively successful in finger quotes mm-hmm. but he doesn't have his life but he doesn't because he's think, not deriving any meaning but he from doesn't it. even but, think he has it ordered like the way he talks mm-hmm. about his life and all the order like he's like sneering at it he's like yes. i buy the same shit out of ikea yeah. catalog well, like would, he's would, like clearly like contemptuous you could of say, his own order you would say then he thinks he has it ordered that's what I would say. No, I'm saying he doesn't think he has it ordered. That's that's the exact point. I don't I just, know how to put it then, because that's not what I'm talking about. Like it goes, it goes from probably him being younger, having the job, having a career, having a place, buying things, and he starts to develop insomnia. He starts to fall apart, and then he starts he hallucinating. Does, but he, it's not that he just, it's not like his problems derive from that he developed insomnia. It's that he developed insomnia through his problems. It's the other way around. Yeah, his, like, his lack of meaning. Like yes. he just sure. But it's a disintegration is the point. Yeah. Uh, so why does that make him this all a dream? 
because it's a disintegration and he's becoming worse until the end and maybe even at the end he's still just kind of broken i thought that him making up tyler durden was the disintegration like i thought that was that was it could be but what that's the the argument is that it's all it's all fake right yeah yeah so why does it all need to be fake to serve the story yeah what Uh, purpose does that serve to the story it doesn't it doesn't have to but right. we're talking about the theory that maybe it could be all fake and why that would matter. And but it's be- if it it's could be, what, it's purpose, what purpose from a storytelling perspective would that serve? Because if it serves no purpose to the storytelling, I, I then, then why is it an interesting then it, theory? Then it's a fan theory. That's why it <laughs> yes, wasn't turned into a real movie. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. So I've got a great answer here for you on this uh, you know, common rebuttals for this theory. So it was all a dream. That's stupid. That's what we're saying. Well, here, Andy, you're, you're the really <laughs> stupid one, mm-hmm. uh, quoting from jackdurden.com. Weirdly and sadly, I've encountered this, quote, argument, unquote, before. By the way, this website that you're quoting from, like, just so people out of understanding, it is like 20, like 200 pages long. It is the, <laughs> it is the ramblings of a madman. It looks exactly like any conspiracy theory website you've ever been on, like where it's just... It just goes on yes. and on, and it's like logics within logics, but with no high-level overview to understand. It looks how like work. the next step up from a GeoCities page. Yeah, it, no, it doesn't look too. The, the design, it's other clean, than the, it's the, cleaner, it's but it's clean, just but it's super got that bland. Awful. Yeah, so I've encountered this argument before, which is really directed at Fincher. Yet no one makes this statement who makes this statement is remotely intelligent enough to see the connection. Uh-oh. Um, saying my claims here are wrong because the, it makes the movie stupid when interpreted through this lens. Uh, it means that pretty much nothing in the film was real and it's mostly a figment of some crazy person's mind making the point of the film null and void. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, you might as well just say it was all a dream, which is a cop-out too. An IMDB user shuts down this argument perfectly. <laughs> uh, pray tell did the what, IMDb Yeah, what did the IMDB user, user do to shut down the argument that it's stupid for this to all be a dream? Mm-hmm. Quote, movies like Vanilla Sky and Inception are oh. built around the premise of one person's dream. And besides, what does Jack tell us about insomnia? With insomnia, it's like nothing's real. Here's to a job well done rebutting that <laughs> that argument. Yeah, there's it's like, films like Inception are about dreams too. The idea of Inception wasn't that the whole thing was a dream. It was like, well, it could have been with that spinning top thing, but it's like the premise of Inception was definitely that we're in the real world and we're going into a dream. Yes. It wasn't like this thing where it was like, oh, at the last second, everything was the a dream. The dreams were a part of the story. It was a literally a, a story journey. device was that they went into people's dreams. Introducing like <laughs> it was all a dream at the end. That doesn't make the dreams a part of the journey. That's just, that's just a way to say, well, the- I didn't know how to in this movie <laughs> yeah there is that like that thing in storytelling where they just throw in those I don't I don't know if they're, they're red herrings or something but they're like it's like this all of a sudden they just yeah, tell you like the Matrix did it where Neo was outside wait. of the Matrix and he stopped the machine like, wait sorry what? how did this work in the Matrix well, he knows the, he's in a dream like right were, at the beginning you're talking about the Matrix 2 and 3 the bad yeah. Matrix yeah, yeah. so, <laughs> so he, I will agree this is this out. is a device in bad storytelling sure. yeah, yeah. not in good storytelling but it, I, think it's, I think it's just set up to cast doubt I would say 
So I would say in Fight Club, that it, could be the case too. That, but but that it's, it's not supposed to be doubt. Cast. But it's not set up to cast doubt because it's not set up in the movie but at all be, for no, someone to but you, notice. But also, I could say this too: he narrates. His character is narrating to us, so you should question his story since he is the one telling you the story. But I'm I'm invested in his story, his mm-hmm. perspective. I like whether it's true or not. It's a movie. I know so it's he, not true. He in his story learned that Tyler was was not real. But maybe in his story, he never really considered if all of it was. But but what purpose does that serve the story? Tyler Durden, Tyler right? Durden not being real serves a real purpose. Sure. Everyone else not being real doesn't serve any purpose to the story of well, a man's, saying, man's descent into an existential crisis. Just saying it makes the movie stupid doesn't make it mean it's wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like it does I, make it a bad movie. I though. do think that there is a legitimate argument to say when you have a movie that's clearly competently made, and you know that I do not particularly like David Fincher, but I do like this movie. Um, I think you might after, after revisiting some of his movies now. <laughs> he is the most depressing fucking director ever, yep. for fuck's sake. All of his movies have a very uh, depressing tone to them. They're so depressing, I just... I mean, except this for, one, except this one, for not maybe, this one so much. Except for maybe Benjamin Button. Yeah, even even the, the social network I thought was like very depressing yep. feeling. Like it's just like Absolutely. oh god, it, it has a very sterile feel. It, to it feels like I'm Jack and I have insomnia. That's how I feel <laughs> watching a David Fincher yeah. movie. Is just like oh god, like I was I was hoping this movie about like Facebook and like you know coup, coup d'etats and like whatever shit that they're doing to like this will be the corporate espionage and shit. And it's like oh god, this is just so boring and depressing. This whole fucking thing. Um, you but, say all these things, and I just nod along, going, "Yep, yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> that's, that. that's correct." Yeah, yeah. It's like watch "Girl with the Dragon Tattoo" and just some uh, girls raping some guy with a metal dildo or something, and it's like, "Oh God, I don't want to watch any of this." Correct. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, like, yes, Muller, that is why I like this. Movie. <laughs> like, I think there's a legitimate argument to be made that if something makes some a movie very stupid, like if it's made. By someone who's competent in every other way, yeah. like you can almost flat out just say that it's untrue because it, because it's dumb. Yeah, like it, like it, unless like you know when we're talking about a movie that's dumb from the beginning and we're like okay well this is dumb and this is dumb and this is dumb okay well then you know they're dumb filmmakers making dumb things but when you have a movie that's really competently made and then you come up with one theory that turns the filmmakers into complete retard idiots <laughs> probably the theory is wrong because like why would like how do you become a competent director? and do everything right and then just come up with the most insane idea and just be like the yeah. hardest terrible idea it's like oh do you remember um do you remember that theory with uh, in the the shining where uh, stanley kubrick actually the whole thing was about dinosaurs it's yeah. like i don't need to hear any arguments about what you saw in the film to know it's not true. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can know that. I, a lot of the problem with these fan theories, and when I say these fan theories, I think I just mean all fan theories, because I'm yet to read <laughs> one that's any fucking good. They're all terrible. Is they don't understand the idea that 
in a good story, all things in the story should serve a purpose. If a shotgun's on the table in scene one, someone should be using that shotgun in scene three or should, something like that. Or, or, a, that's should, a common or, or it should be a distraction, like to, to, to misdirect you. Like it should be doing something in the story. And every now, maybe there's some action fight scenes where it's just flashy choreography and that's interesting. But I, I, I've argued in the past and I'll still argue that the best fight scenes do have a deeper meaning toward like the actions that you see in them like if it's just flashy it won't stick with you that's why i, I hate these f- fucking superhero movies because it's it just like yeah, spider-man swung under it's this interesting thing to consider cool. a director making a movie and and actually purposefully putting in something like this uh to somehow give it more depth and make it compelling without telling people directly because art kind of does that where you, but make, if they you put, make something and people but find it, their own but if they put something it. like that in their movie that takes away from the depth in the movie it doesn't that's make a it problem. more compelling it makes yes. it less compelling like yes. but it's a very compelling movie so but why what do you mean by compelling I agree but it's the awesome. fa- but the fan theory but that's like, not compelling awesome doesn't mean compelling but uh, f- it was compelling to me whatever it means yeah that's because it ha- it says something about humanity that's sure. what's compelling about the movie so you can't say something but it casts doubt is what I'm I'm saying like that's that's what I'm saying is also compelling. Well, yeah, and that can say something about humanity as well. That like, sure. you know, casting doubt, but just saying, well, here's something he did that's that's stupid and undermines the whole movie. It's compelling <laughs> yeah. because it made me cast doubt on the rest of like that's I, no, not saying anything about I don't, human. I don't think it undermines it. It would undermine it if he oh, literally said everything was fake. If he literally said it, then yeah, it would. I think it does undermine it because all of these things and all of these people in his life that he's getting no meaning from. That's what got him to his state of, of sadness in the first place. If none of them are real and he's just a crazy schizophrenic imagining things all the time, there's nothing compelling about well, that. That would only speak to other people who have schizophrenia. Spe- yes, exactly. Specifically, it's like, why should I relate to yes. things, which I do relate to the things that I see in this movie, if he's just a schizophrenic guy. He's just then, a crazy then guy I, in a Then there's no truth for me to derive yeah. from the movie because I am not schizophrenic. And so if it is true... And that makes sense why he wouldn't have put it in there and made it so apparent, like actually told. But he didn't but, put but, it in there. But but if, if but it's we in, don't know that, we're I know that to, he did. I'm a hundred percent sure. Right? That I, I'm not saying one way or the other. I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. He there, didn't. There's some evidence for both. I just see. We have to hear it from David Finch. No, we don't. It's like, do we do we need to hear from from George Lucas that? That uh, what's his name? Jar Jar Binks isn't a Sith Lord. No, we don't. He's not a <laughs> Sith Lord. It's just a stupid well, fucking fan theory being like, look, he can jump high, and the Jedi's jump high, but they're a different race. You fucking I do, idiot! I do like, like that you know, argument. <laughs> it's a stupid. Argument. I'd like to hear him say one way or the other. I'll be down for that. I, 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 it would literally make no impact on my life because it, I would well, be just as certain after he said it as I am now. So well, I mean, that, that's a movie that's just bad, even if he didn't intend. No, we're uh, talking Jar about. Jar. We're ta- oh, are you talking about Jar Jar Binks still? I, I brought. Uh, <laughs> I, I brought another movie with me, A Serious Man. It's a Coen Brothers movie. Uh huh. And it actually does a similar thing, and it's like this theme. Uh, Coen Brothers, they they seem to get these undertones that. 
you have to look deeper to get it. Coen Brothers movies often have deeper meanings, yes. Yeah. And they so are thoughtful directors. I'm thinking it's possible for that to be another thoughtful thing. Thoughtful story. I, I, like, I'm, not, I'm not making the argument that directors don't put subversive, compelling ideas mm. in their movies. I'm making the argument that typically they don't put subversive ideas that undermine everything they were trying to say and <laughs> yes. ruin the movie. But that's, <laughs> that's why I think it's so hard to determine if that's the case, because he didn't undermine the movie. He didn't ruin it. Does it does undermine the movie. It, it, it undermines the, Mar- the movie. The Mar- Marla thing without, most certainly undermines well, the whole meaning. Well, that's it. But you don't know that. Like, you don't get that when you watch the movie until you read a theory about it, right? No, and then I read the theory and I think, well, that undermines the theme of being being emasculated if some part of him is embracing femininity. I'm fascinated <laughs> by it myself. I, I'm fascinated by it. I if think, that was true, that would be so awesome. I think that, it would be awful. He, it would actually, like, if he did he's that... He's having and, such a psychedelic trip in his life <laughs> it that would, he's made would, up this whole crazy scenario. I would go, if, if that ended up being like, yes, it actually turns out Marla was fake and Tyler was actually real. <laughs> if that turned out, I would say Fight Club's a bad movie. Well, not that Tyler Full was... On, no, I would say this movie the, the has a misunderstanding that Tyler's of, real. of it's men. The, it's that Tyler's not real. Marla's not real. The gang wasn't real. Bob wasn't real. But then what real. was the point of the whole story? Just he's a crazy person who imagines things? Maybe. Maybe he <laughs> lost his That's a bad shit. story. <laughs> but that's why, like, that's why it's not... It's just it's a family guy game. episode at that point where <laughs> random shit yeah. just happened if that, no reason. If that's what it turns out to be, then I'm going to say David Fincher is the new Stephen King. Agreed. It, no, it will <laughs> never... You already knew what I was going to say before I even finished There's the no sentence. turning it out to be that way unless David Fincher like spills some beans later on. But it's, this is all based on a book, right? Uh, yeah, so by the, Chuck Palin. Yeah, the book should have some no. insight. Well, you know, uh, hole number two, that didn't happen in the book. Uh, well, I'm just talking about the film with this theory, not the book, you idiot. So that can't help us at all here. So the director is quoted as saying that the, the fight, this is a rare case where most people agree, including the author, agree that uh, f- the movie is better than the book. Like oh, it, really? it told the story better. Yeah, it, it was it stripped things down and made it and simplified it in a way that was just made the story paced better. So I wonder, I wonder what what the truth is in the book because I I never read it. Yeah, I mean, it's it, definitely that Marla's a real person. <laughs> I hundred percent saying that. Cool. I've never read the book either, by um, the way, but I know this. I know it. I don't think it. I know oh, it. you're such a diehard. <laughs> It's not a diehard. It's it's You're just such rather, a believer. It, You're such a diehard believer in not reptilians <laughs> running the entire world. <laughs> You're such a such a cultish, you know, uh, you know, dogmatic yeah. attachment to that to that idea. I mean, it's like you can know whether ideas are true or not in whether they're useful. Like I like I like because it's very hard to say. Well, how can you objectively know unless David Fincher tells you? Actually, even if David Fincher tells me, we could all be in a matrix and none of this is true. So I can't really objectively yeah. know that even if he told us. It's like you can always break it down to a certain point of truth. Like I can always doubt whether something could be true. And I think the most the the best way to f- the best way to go is just say, well, is it pragmatic? Yeah, does it does it serve the story or does it undermine it? Because if it undermines it, it's there's probably a different interpretation you should follow. I think, I think David Fincher told the story he aimed to tell. I mm-hmm. think. I think. Any, yeah, I do believe. I that. think. I think any any good artist uh, they don't explain 
the reason behind things because like the, their motives in a lot of ways. Because like if I do a painting, wow, well, this is a case my, where he definitely didn't need to explain because yeah, it doesn't but, exist. But in the it, movie. It, it leaves a room for interpretation to like. Well, art, what I'm saying, I, I agree. But what I'm saying is that's a really shitty interpretation. <laughs> it's ten, <laughs> I like, love it's, it because I, mean, I think it's fascinating. I, I like room for. So the other thing I noticed, by the way, on this conspiracy Fight Club website uh, that I'm on is like this guy doesn't talk about storytelling at all. I think that most people who come up with these theories just don't know how storytelling 100% works. 100% agreed. Like it, it's like otherwise they would probably be guided in a different direction. And and also they they don't make very compelling stories for me to believe their what they're saying. So it's like they don't understand that there's a certain type of storytelling if you adhere to certain rules that they're more compelling for he, the human brain. Maybe not monkey brains or yeah. worm brains, but for human brains there's that there's that uh, story skateboard half pipe that you kind of yeah. <laughs> you're the whole pipe uh, you know there's a there's a certain journey that someone needs to go on for you to relate to that character right it's yeah. like you know one example that we talk about is like uh, having uh, your main protagonist be someone who's a bit down on their luck right like Marty McFly so he has a position or whatever to, to grow from yeah he has a position to grow from and you're maybe not in the best place like most people like like the average human is flawed <laughs> so yes. it's like you relate to them because of that if the main character is Thor, the god, uh, and he's up on his throne, it's like usually not very interesting. You'll notice those Thor movies, like Thor, actually loses a lot of his power, and that's when the movies get better because he's more relatable. Uh, like the third one. I mean, um, if yeah, stories are are stories without any adversity, which almost don't exist, are not interesting. You need right. like the adversity is the interesting part. Yeah, There's a drama. very recent example that we saw and talked about on this podcast called Oceans Eight. Oceans. Otherwise, Ocean's no, otherwise known as the Lady Oceans Eleven. There's no adversity. I don't. There's not really even an antagonist. Everything in their plan goes off without a hitch, and it's so uninteresting and boring to watch. Like, look at these. Perf- <laughs> look at these people do everything right. Yeah, Dave's Dave's got to head out here, so I think we're running out of time. Um, I, think- I would say with Ocean- Lady Ocean's Eleven, though. Um, you would think, considering how oppressed women are, that that, that they should have had. <laughs> Uh, 78% more hurdles yeah. <laughs> in that movie, but apparently that's not actually how it is. Um, yeah, I mean, I was just wanting to give that one example of a storytelling technique that just seems to work all the time, and it's like, you know, yeah. and, then it, and then you go, well, I'm going to make a story with a protagonist that's basically his life is perfect, and I'm going to go, okay, well, you had better have a really good reason, and it needs to work. His, and it's d- like, his descent from perfection better be saying something. Well, maybe there's no descent from perfection. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, you're kind of messing with the storytelling motif. You had better be very competent to yeah. pull that off. Yeah. If not saying you can't pull you it better, off. This better not be Brett Ratner I'm speaking to. This better that? be just some like hack director. Right, right, like, <laughs> right, yeah. Like this better be someone like a Cohen brother or something who's like, I, okay, I'm trying something Who's an different. expert in alternative storytelling yes, things. Yes, exactly. And, this... and that's certainly not me. <laughs> <laughs> so, And it's none of these people making fan theories. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, um, yeah, definitely not JackDurden.com author. <laughs> well, yeah, they, they, he, you know, whatever happened in the end, it, he made a great movie, told the story really well. Well, if whatever happened was Marla being fake, then he did not make a great story. <laughs> I, he I, made, I he think, made a story that was really great and then meandered at the end aimlessly for no reason. <laughs> I, I think the story ends perfectly. It's all good. <laughs> Regardless what happens. So moderate, Dave. We, we walk away. We walk away what with a, What a peacekeeper. I'm trying to be an asshole here, Dave. Oh, you're such an asshole. Thank you. Well, that's the story. So if your air conditioner goes on the fritz, or your washing machine blows up, 
or your video recorder conks out before you call the repairman. Turn on all the lights. Check all the closets and cupboards. Look under all the beds, because you never can tell. There might just be a complete and total lack of self-purpose. <laughs>